call me Shitheel. Well, Shitheel, this is another fine mess you've gotten us into. Look, let's just keep paddling. We, we, we gotta be near land. Paddle with what? This septic lake we're in melted my ore into a toothpick. Well, I'm sorry, Chris. I, I had no idea the drive-in was surrounded by a fucking moat. No, no. I'm sorry, too. It was my idea to try and escape. Gods forbid we want to take a little sojourn every once in a while. The fact of the matter is, this fog is so thick, Long Dong Silver himself wouldn't be able to navigate this harbor of hell. I wish I had a Long Dong I could paddle with it. Look, I'd say let's turn around and beg for our jobs back, but I'm not even sure which way is even around. Did you feel that? I felt that. What was it? Uh, could be a lot of things. Yeah? Yeah, a coyote. There aren't any coyotes in the water. The old man in the sea. Oh, Captain Nemo. Uh, Horatio's horn. Horatio didn't have a horn. No, but he blew. Oh, fuck, Chris. What is that? It's a flipper or something. Come on, turn slowly. Let's paddle away. Paddling away. We're, We're paddling, paddling away. away. It's circling us. Whatever it is, it's circling us. It's huge. Oh, please, God, be a nuclear sub filled with conneries and curries. Last time I checked, nuclear subs didn't have enormous mouths filled with rows of barnacled, encrusted teeth. It's going to eat us, isn't it? Farewell and adieu (gasps) to your fair Spanish ladies. Gentlemen... It's been an honor playing with you. parent. Chris! Brendan! Chris! Brendan! Chris! Oh, sweet <laughs> Starbucks sack. We're alive, man. Yeah, alive in the belly of the beast. Oh, God, it smells like Queequeg's dick in here. And I can't see a damn thing. What the hell is that? Felt like I tripped over a cash register. Hey, hey, check this out. Look at this. It's glowing. No shit, dude. Mystical carbonate. Huh? It's an illuminating pearl. Check it out. It's like a flashlight for, well, people who have been swallowed by a giant sea beast. Whoa, dude. Jeez. What, what is this thing? Whatever it is, it seems like it was born in the moat. If I had to guess, I'd say it's some kind of monstrosity created by the drive-in gods. <laughs> Check it out. This is what I tripped over. What, a projector? Yeah, growing out of whatever membrane that's all ar- around us. Oh, holy Ahab, dude. Look at all these reels of film. Let me guess. Every iteration of Moby Dick ever made. Even better, Chris. All four Jawses. All four Jawses? Well, 
I think I know how to pass the time. Oh, fuck, dude. Speaking of, how much time do you think we have in this muck bucket before we run out of oxygen? We'll be fine. I mean, fetuses, fetuses can live nine months without air. Oh, great. Relax. Just let nature run its course. Maybe we're in here a little longer than four movies worth of time. So so what? How about we program a double feature pairing for each of the Jaws movies? Okay, and what if the stomach starts secreting gastric juices? What then? I think our exposure to the many, many atrocities at the very drive-in we attempted to escape from has pretty much primed us for whatever horrors we could encounter here. Well, fair enough. Jaws-a-thon it is. And, dude, <laughs> check this out. A radio transmitter. We might as well get another episode in the can while we're at it. Uh, we're rolling. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Dead City Drive-In. Jaws-a-thon! The only podcast that can stop playing with itself and go slow ahead. Slow ahead. I can go slow ahead. Why don't you come down and chum some of this shit? I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And we're hopefully still the heads of programming of this here dead city. And in this episode, clearly decreed by the higher-ups... Our bosses... The drive-in gods, we have been tasked to program a special series of double features to pass the time while we're slowly digested inside the stomach of a fucked-up whale. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, before we get into our, 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 what is eight films? It's not quadruple feature. What no, it'd be an octuple feature. Octuple feature. Let's do a, some octuple, quick- Octuple? Octopus? Oh, we should do all tentacles. Every pairing should just yeah, be tentacles. Yeah, <laughs> well, every movie would be a tentacle, and then its neighbor would be its- I'm overthinking. Yeah, this. I don't know where that bit was going. At least it's octopuses and not squid because they have ten tentacles, and then we'd be fucked. Those are tentacles, by the way. Quintacles. Ooh, yeah. guys, let's get a little bit of business out of hand. If you if you love the show or you like the show and you're listening to the show. Uh, and you want to give us a review or you want to rate us, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can do it on Spotify. I think yes. you can do it on Audible. I- I'm not 100% certain on that. I look, I don't know. But it would be wonderful. Uh, it would mean a lot to us. Also, you can follow us uh, on Instagram at Dead City Drive-In. Mm-hmm. You can write to us at DeadCityDriveIn at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got something kind of cool going on over at Patreon dot com slash dead city drive-in we have uh all sorts of fun little things going on if you like this show there's more of it literally a whole other season mm-hmm. so far of new material we've got an entire video of just brandon in his underwear <laughs> eating pudding you're not too far off <laughs> yummy 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 i've got love in my tummy we got and brandon's uh, eating his pudding oh gross uh, now nobody's gonna go <laughs> yeah, well maybe if i add this little thing and just tell them that you're like in your underwear and sweaty oh pudding. god oh, yes oh, I, I think i need to quit yes. the show <laughs> Well, you're not going anywhere because you're stuck in this fucking way. That's very true. So, guys, look, um, if you want more extra content, you can find it over there. We have three different tiers. Uh, Everybody that subscribes gets a shout-out on the show. Yeah! Um, And, of course, uh, there's all sorts of fun stuff. We've got, like, a really cool, like, a dream casting of uh, the G.I. Joe motion picture that never got made, directed by uh, Joseph Zito, Mm -hmm. produced by... 
the uh, Golan and Globus of Canon Films. Canon Films. We've got a, a remake double take battle going on at one point. We've got all sorts of commentaries that you guys get to choose. It's a lot of fun. Look, yes. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of fun over it's there. It's a whole other season. It really on is. On top of a season. Oh, everybody gets stickers. Lots of seasoning. Everybody gets uh, 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 little little care packages sent to you. Oh, man, it's so mm-hmm. cool. I wish I was a member. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's our business. Uh, let's get into this shit. Into this shit. Chris, my question for you is... Oh, there's a question. Okay. Yeah, please. Shoot. We'll go right ahead. How, I got nothing better to do. How were you introduced to, in my opinion, the greatest film in the history of all film, Jaws? Um, I was a little guy. And I don't know, it was probably 1981, 82, Jaws was playing on HBO, and my mother was watching it, and so I watched it with her, and then I get almost to the very end, it's uh, Bruce the Shark has jumped up onto the back of the orca, and it swallows Quint, who actually bites down on Quint, I guess I should say, and then when uh, when... Robert Shaw spits out that little geyser of blood from his mouth there. Yeah. I freaked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> that was and the thing that did it for you? screamed and went running from the room. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there was something about that particular scene that just really, really bugged me. And there were lots of other times I remember afterwards where I was trying really, really hard to kind of get through Jaws and, like, hiding behind chairs. It Like, it, it kind of marked me. And I don't know. I was, I was probably, like, maybe... 10, 11, 12, because I think I was probably like 5 or 6 the first time I saw it, and then 10, 11, 12 before I think I might have finally finished it. So you saw the first one first. I saw the first one first, yeah. It um, wasn't like a backwards introduction. Like I, I like I think I saw Army of Darkness first, and then yeah. Evil Dead 2, and then Evil Dead. No, and I mean, there's a little bit of, of family history, I guess, kind of involved in some of the Jaws films, too, because um, my aunt... Um, I guess when she was, I think, in college at the time and everything. And, you know, when she'd come home for the summer and stuff, you know, she'd be with my grandmother. And so she'd come over to visit me. And I can remember she went out to go see Jaws 3D. And she brought me a little special present, her 3D glasses (gasps) from going to go see Jaws 3D, which is really, really cool because the shark, you know, is like right where the nose is on on the glasses yes. and everything. So, like, I had those things for years <sighs> in, like, one of my toy chests and everything. And, I mean, to the life of me, you know, I don't... They're I mean, gone. Yeah, they're they're way, way gone. Man. And that was, you know, 40-something oh, years man. ago. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. <laughs> oh, um, shit. But, uh, and later on, I wound up, to f- f- you know, finding out that uh, another one of my family members, uh, James A. Contner, was the director of photography on Jaws 3D. Insane. Yeah, it's pretty Insane. Nuts. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. and he has still not been on the show. No, I know, I know. I'm, I, I did. I asked my dad. I was like, "Hey, have you got Jimmy's number?" And I mean, I used to have his business card for Sawgrass Productions, which uh, was in Toluca Lake. And I don't even know if he still has Sawgrass Productions, but you know, uh, I, I had his number and everything, you know. Uh, and I just don't know where that thing is. I Damn it! Know. Yeah, I know. I'm Pretty celebrated uh, DP, actually, yeah. all things considered, and I, a television director too. That's actually, right. I mean, he moved into a completely different phase of his that's career, right. where he was directing such great things like Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan. Thunder yeah. in Paradise. Um, and he was also doing uh, X Files. He did a couple X episodes Ooh. of the X Files and uh, some Buffy and wow. some Angel. He did quite a few Angels Damn. as well. 
Does and he I still work in some Enterprise too? Um, you know, I haven't seen one of his credits in a while, but I don't really watch as much television sure. as like I once did. Um, you know, I'm just kind of, uh, you know, binging certain things and, and stuff. But yeah, I'm sure he's still working. Uh, we yeah. got to get him. I, I, I know. I, have I, I should reach out. So really many should. questions for him uh, about that movie. I, we'll, I guess we'll save that talk for when we get to Jaws 3. Yeah. But because um, I... I don't I mean that's gonna actually before we even when we started talking about doing this episode I was like we need to put a time limit because I'm gonna obsess over the sequels oh most definitely yeah we so gotta, we gotta we definitely gotta hem you in there brother. yeah when I start going on my tangents please please reel me back I will, because I will kick you in the shin <laughs> or actually I think is this a fishbone floating by it's, no it's a peg leg uh, I will yeah I don't there's think that's some, a peg leg there's dude. some real there's yeah ooh. They oh, somebody got pegged with this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. I mean, wipe here. Let me wipe my hands. Oh, shirt down. oh God. They carved know. veins into it. Oh, God. Actually, you know what? No, I know somebody on the outside. If we ever get out of here, this would be a great birthday present for them. So <laughs> let's just let's hold on to that. Tell me their name off mic. Yeah, we will. I'll make sure never to invite them to a party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, my uh, my first time with Jars was uh, I was very young, too. Hey, I didn't even get here. Let, let me be a, a, a better co-host mm. here and say, hey, Brandon, tell me about your first time. Well, her dad was coming home, mm-hmm. and we had very few uh, precious moments to get things wrapped up and done mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Uh, Jaws. Jaws? Well, I'm t- well, I'm kind of confused. Or do you want me to keep going which, on well, that story? Is the first movie, it's the daddy shark, or is it the second movie? Because <sighs> we know that the third movie, it's a mommy shark. We know that yeah. for a fact in, in Jaws 3, it's now, a mommy shark. it's interesting because if you read the novelizations, mm-hmm. they kind of explain a little bit more into what the shark lineage is. And in some drafts of the screenplays, they did the same thing as well. Yeah. But we'll talk about, I think that's a good thing to talk about when we get there, because there's a lot of trivia about those sequels that are just, it's kind of like forgotten the time. You are the trivia master when it comes to <sighs> fish with teeth. I'm obsessed with these sequels. Um, but my first time with Jaws was, I actually, it's my first memory. Really? No shit. I saw it way too young. I the, And the way the story is told... Um, by my parents, uh, I was two, and I was I snuck in to watch it. They didn't mm-hmm. know I was watching it. I guess I don't know. There's different people that have different variations of the story, but I was two years old. I saw it, and it it traumatized me. Um, Good to see I'm not alone in that. Regard. Yeah, I mean it fucking ruined me, and 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 also made me in mm-hmm. a, in some ways. I mean, Jaws has been. It was your birth, really, and your death. <laughs> Jaws has been my obsession um, since two years old. And I can attest to this, everyone. It has been his obsession for a long, long time. We should talk about my birthday party when we get to Jaws 3. We will. Okay. We will. So, uh, but, you know, I, I I, have seen the movie more times than any any other movie ever. Um, he has seen the movie more times than he's ever seen a woman naked. <laughs> You know what? I don't know. That might not be too much of an exaggeration. Uh, not as many times as he's seen a man naked, but... Right. Now we're talking. Yeah. Hey, hey. Um, send pics to deadcitydrivit.gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, by that we mean dick pics. Yes, of course. Of course. That's what we're talking which about. Which we're talking about Dick Zanuck, the producer of Jaws. <laughs> pictures of Dick Picture, Zanuck. Pictures of Dick Zanuck. Make sure that you send those dick pics to Brandon. Begging Bruce the Shark. <laughs> 
uh, with David Brown trolling his mustache in the corner, <laughs> jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, man. Jaws um, 3, people, <laughs> 69. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I just, I'm, I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a part of my everything. It's a part of my life. It, it makes its way into casual conversation, serious conversation, to the point where it's, it's such an important movie to me that I don't actually even, I, I'm nervous to even talk about it tonight. Like, really? Well, because I don't. It's like I don't even know where to start. With do you mean to hold your hand when we do this? Well, you feel if, better if about you that? don't mind, if you don't mind, I'm happy too. You know, uh, that would be great. We're friends. <laughs> We're friends. Friends. Hands. Friends with hands. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it, the movie means so much to me that I don't, uh, I, I don't quite know where to go with it. And I've also talked about it so much with my friends and family just that it's one of those things where anytime there's a retrospective or somebody talks about it, I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, I know. Uh, right. Yes. Jaws. Right. We know. It's the movie. Nobody can tell you anything that you don't already know, basically. Sure. I mean, there's the thing about it, though, dude, is that there is so much that we don't know about Jaws. Like, you know when um, Get Back came out, or uh, uh, what was the Beatles documentary that Peter Jackson just did? Yeah. Get Back. Yeah. How he's like, this was edited down from however many hours, did they say, like 57 hours of raw footage or something like that, and watching it, we all kind of were like, we would all watch that raw footage. Yeah. You don't have to cut it into a thing. That's how I am with Jaws. Like, well, that's me... how John, Paul, George, and Ringo were with Jaws, too. It's like, hi, you go, yeah, yeah. can you give Bruce, like, you know, hand him over the, uh, oh, 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 I would like to have. I'd the... really like to see the part where the shark jumps out of the water, yeah. you know. Hey, the Bruce is Bogart and the, uh, the joint there. Yeah, he's past that shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. You know. It's Puff Puff Give. Yeah, and puff, you know... Puff Puff Give. You're uh, just kind of chewing on it. Of course. I wrote a song, you know, about Puff Puff, and it's uh, called Puff Puff and the Animal Man. Have you ever heard it? No, no. Can you uh, give me a little sample puff, of it? Puff Puff the Animal Man. You know, it's like got to like a chim-chong and a hing-hong going on with the horns and the bells oh, and the yeah. tinkles and whatnot. What beetle am I? I don't know. Is, is <laughs> Who Bruce, are you? Bruce still hasn't passed that. Uh, you know. Puff I'm Puff Give. Come on. Uh, Come on. Uh, how does he... <laughs> How does he even hold that thing? He's got fins. He puts it in his clasp. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's flexible. He's using his clasp. Mm. You know. Okay. So, uh, anyway, Jaws is the most important movie in the world to me. It's the greatest film. But that said, I would watch every single, every single inch of film that was shot on Jaws. All the stuff just to see. And all the sequels, too. And. And all the sequels. Yeah, and some understand ways, something. Brandon doesn't half-ass this thing. Yeah. He whole-asses Jaws. I'm going to be one of the only uh, three and four, especially, apologists that you've ever heard. Get ready. Get ready, guys. Because I'm going to be making cases for Jaws 3 and 4 that's going to put hair on your, on your dick. Oh, hair on your balls. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, how let's, the phrase let's goes. Try not, let's try not to be... As offensive as we normally are. I mean, what? here we are. We've been humbled, sitting in the belly of this giant beast. So let's try not to offend the listeners at yeah, how home. About, how about no fart jokes? Oh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Look, there's there's limits, and I, I appreciate that, but there's some places we're just not going to go. Well, listen, let's just talk about Jaws. There is a creature alive today has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. 
a mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. <laughs> This is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. It's all psychological. You yell barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Jaws. See it before you go swimming. God, that is a sexy fucking trailer. It is as if the devil has given, or what is it? It is as if God has given, uh, created the devil and, and given, given him Jaws. Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Lorraine Newman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jaws, guys, nineteen seventy-five. Um, do we? I mean, we'll, we'll do the credits. Let's just say it. We might as well. But it's sure. it's directed by Steven Spielberg, screenplay by Peter Benchley and and Carl Gottlieb, based on the novel by Peter Benchley, and of course, it's starring Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, and Richard Dreyfus. Um. Good night. Yeah. Oh, we forgot Murray Hamilton. <laughs> Murray Hamilton, Lorraine Gary, mm-hmm. um, Carl Gottlieb himself yeah, is in it. He's in there. Um, it's this is the Peter thing. Benchley's in there too. Peter Benchley's in there. Uh, he's got a great cameo as the uh, author, who's an actor. Um, yeah. I, this is the thing. I, like, where do we even start with Jaws? I mean, it's. What what can we say about Jaws that has not been said by fucking billions of people? Um, I'll tell you this. I'll, let's have, maybe let's do a little bit of a new take on it. Okay, sure. Um, something that never really gets talked about is the screenplay. I don't think I don't think anybody. Everybody talks about the speech that Quint gives, but nobody really talks about how incredibly well written the screenplay is. Yeah, and that's well, another which thing. which draft of it? Well. Oh, how about let's just because I know that do, they were working on the screenplay, writing pages, you know, nights before they're actually shooting this shit. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess let's let's take it from the beginning. How about okay. that? Let's take it from the novel. In the beginning, there was Jaws. <laughs> let's do the novel. Okay. Uh, Peter Benchley wrote the book. It comes out in 1973. Again, we've heard his take on it. He thought, "What would happen if one of those big sharks just got into a a beach and wouldn't go away?" I've heard him say that a hundred different mm-hmm. interviews. Um, but, uh, the book's no good. (laughs) Yeah, I have to admit, man, there's been a couple of times I've tried to go through and read that book and I'm like, this sucks. Even as a kid, I read it because of, you know, I got the book from the library. It, uh, the cover is the same as the poster. Essentially, it's, it's just, it's much more, uh, Moby Dick shaped. Yeah. Like it really is. It looks like a whale, um, against a black background. I didn't think it was a whale's dick, honey. (laughs) And if you can name that quote, uh, I know it. It's you get uh, a, come on. Uh, well, this is actually for the listeners at home. If you can name okay. that quote, I'll just say 
Good for you. Call in and let us know if you've gotten it. Uh, so, yeah, I got the. I remember reading the book when I was a kid, and I was like, "What is this shit?" There's all of these subplots that just don't really matter, and like, there's a really just bothersome sex scene where, like, yeah, like a uh, 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 Brody's wife has an affair with the Matt Hooper character mm-hmm. because she used to date his brother when he was a kid. There's like more of a connection there. She's bored in her marriage, so she has this affair, and she talks about, obviously this book was written by a man, but she talks about how she has a, a rape fantasy of just somebody coming into her um, you know, house and taking advantage of her and uh, sexually assaulting her, and that's how she would get off. And then Hooper proceeds her. to basically do that. They yeah. describe the and sex scene. And then the shark knocks on the door and says, um, Candy Grand, I'm <laughs> um, to fuck you. <laughs> the book is is really weirdly structured. Um, you know, it is it it it's significantly different from the movie in some regards, but also <laughs> the shark has a fucking heart attack. <laughs> and dude, what's so what crazy? A, what a much better ending in a movie than in the book. No the shit. Like, I'm tired. I think I'm gonna just die. Now. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I had to read that part of the book over and over because I didn't understand what happened. I I didn't put it. I was like. It succumbs to its wounds and just slowly, right as it's about to bite Brody, it just stops. I'm tired. I think oh. I'm just going to lie down for a little bit. And sinks into the depths, yeah. trailing Quint's corpse behind on a rope like Captain Ahab. Mm-hmm. I mean, the book is and really... chunks of Hooper coming out of his asshole, his cloaca. <laughs> That's right. Hooper is killed in the cage. And then when he is, uh, when he is brought up out of the water and Bro- Brody sees it... He accidentally, he's clenched Hooper's lifeless body in its jaws, and Brody shoots at the shark, and he shoots Hooper in the neck. That's a detail I remember, and blood burbles out of his neck. Um, Quint is just, the whole time, he drowns because he gets his foot caught in a rope. Kind of like Ahab. There's a great line where he says, uh, I can see your cock. He says to the shark for some reason. Yeah. They uh Well, they... you know, in the Silence of the Lambs, which is also kind of got animals in the in the title stuff, you know. You know, multiple Mig says that he can smell your cunt. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Well that's where it came from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bizarrely speaking of lambs, Quint uses a a babe a lamb, mm-hmm. a sheep as bait for the shark. He pulls it out of a fucking freezer on the orca mm-hmm. and cuts its body open and dumps it over. The bo- I mean the book is gross. Yeah. It's it's just a gross book. There's a subplot about the mafia, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a snoozer. At one point the mob shows up at Brody's doorstep, picks up a kitten in front of one of the young Brody boys and spins it around on its neck until it breaks it and drops it at the kid's feet and you're like, "What does this have to do with the shark?" What Spielberg did was he took the book, and with Carl Gottlieb's help, we need to fix this. Yeah, and just cut all of this I mean, nonsense. You know, Brody's a wuss puss. In the book. He sucks. Yeah. He's a passive aggressive. He's a cock. He's yeah. he's a little cock in the book. He's he's an asshole. All of the characters are assholes. Yeah, Hooper's an asshole. Quince, a real just dickhead. It's not a fun read. By Ellen any Brody's a an asshole she's just a shrew you know and and yeah she's an yeah she's an asshole and it's just it's no fun um that said it it gave birth to the greatest film of all time sure because spielberg and gottlieb said we need to make these characters (laughs) likable it's crazy when i think about it as we're talking now because all the stuff i'm talking about like that harder edged stuff feels like a 70s movie yeah like feels like something that would be in a seventies movie. That gritty, you know, seedy small town drama. Yeah. 
the dark underbelly of Amity. But Spielberg cuts all of it with Gottlieb out to just make it the streamlined, you know, animal attack thriller. Thriller. I mean, it's... And they just turn Murray Hamilton into the asshole. And even he has the incredible moment of... I was, I was, I had the town's best interest. Huh? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, I I, I had the town's best interest, you know. Uh, My, my kids were on that beach. My kids. My kids were on that beach too, back when you could smoke in a hospital. I was trying to do the right thing. Sign this, or whatever he does. Sign it. Okay, so, um, it's, it's. Just, it's an incredible film, it, it and it holds up to this day. I actually uh, a couple of years ago, I took my dad to go see it for Father's Day. It was playing at the Tampa Theater. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, dude, what was insane to me was uh, the theater was packed. It was sold out. Of course, how well it still plays. Like everybody well, was because screaming. it's practically perfect. I know, but it's just like when you know when you see a movie so many times that it you know it just. It, it, you you love it, it doesn't no, scare it, see, you. Jaws is one of my toss the remote movies. Oh, if I'm dude, flipping through yes. channels and Jaws is on, yes. we, I mean I don't really flip through channels as much anymore. But if I come across Jaws, I'm throwing the remote over my shoulder and it stops, and I watch it. No matter every, where it is. No matter where it is. Yeah. Every time. Yep. Same here. Every time. Same here. Um, I don't know what, uh, what. And no matter how far into the movie it is, too. It's like if I'm halfway through the movie, fuck it, I'm still watching it. Yep. I know what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But seeing it with an audience when the shark comes out for, you know, the the quote unquote first time, when you get your first, you you know, scare glimpse Mm -hmm. of it, that fucking audience went through the roof. They screamed, dude. Yeah. When Ben Gardner's head comes out of the boat, I couldn't believe it. It's like people had never seen the scene before. People fucking screamed. There were people in front of me who, like, their popcorn went up. This is why movie theaters are important. Yeah. This is why being able to see a movie on the big screen, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate being able to sit at home and pause a movie so I can go take a piss and not miss anything. But truth be told, People have forgotten or, for the most part, have never even experienced how glorious it is to have that shared experience as an audience member watching one of these classic, well, the consummate original blockbusters. Yeah, I mean, the real deal, maybe first one. Yeah. And if any of you fuckers out there disagree with me. You're wrong, okay? <laughs> if you see that Jaws is playing, if somebody is screening Jaws in a theater, all right, get fucking tickets and go see it. Yeah, you will do yourself not a favor. regret it. I yeah. promise you, you will not regret it. See this movie with an audience. You know what argument I always I always love about it is uh, when people will say, like, the, every once in a while you'll get some poo-poo or go, um, the shark, shark looks fake. Yeah, it doesn't look real. And my answer is always like, but it is real. It's there. It's a real thing. What You're are you telling me some about? CGI shark is more real than a real fucking mechanical shark? That thing is fucking real. Yeah. It's a real 25 foot, two ton fucking monster. Like, and it's terrifying looking. Yeah. And I love that by as the movie kind of goes on, it gets more and more beat up. Yeah. Like, because they were <laughs> it was just falling apart. Well, because the shark is broken. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's 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 such a cool that that animatronic is just such an iconic looking beast. It's up there with King Kong. You know, it it has it like King Kong is an ape, 
mm-hmm. Jaws is a shark, and yet they both. You've seen my shirt. Yeah. Wait, which one? The Western style rodeo shirt that I have that on uh, each of the, well, not the lapels, but, you know, kind of the shoulder collarbone area of the shirt. Uh, it's a gorilla punching out a great white shark. I guess I haven't seen it. You've seen it. You've had to have seen it. I don't it. remember I've, it. I've worn it plenty of times. Huh. Yeah. Oh. Well, anyway. I call it my Jaws, you know, King Kong punching Jaws shirt. Ape. Your Ape, A-P-E shirt. Yeah. Remember that movie, Ape? The poster was like a ape wrestling a shark, a great white shark in the water, raging waters. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. What's the one that I'm thinking of where it's the ape that's striking the match? Is that missing Link? Link. Link. Okay. Link is what you're thinking okay. of. Yeah. All right. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, weirdo. Sorry. Um. Anyway, uh, but like King Kong, the shark Jaws, or from Jaws, the animatronic Bruce is a great white shark that doesn't quite look like a great white shark. It looks like a monster. I mean, it's got jowls that obviously were part of how it was built, but yeah. like it is a unique looking creature for cinema and mm-hmm. it's all it's it's just awesome. Um I don't know, man. The performances are incredible. Look, look, we don't need to talk about why it's great. Yeah. Everybody knows. It's great. There's no argument. Um and I feel like if if the opinion is different, it's a wrong opinion. Yep. <laughs> I really do. And now I understand if you think Jaws 3 or Jaws 2 or Jaws 4 is stupid. Uh, but, you know. The and, you, yeah, you've got your arguments there, and that's fine. That's you know, fine. That, 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 that actually enriches the movies themselves. But I can't, I can't get behind any, anybody's opinion if they, you know, I, I just can't. It's yeah. like, okay, we're, we're done. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jaws is um, a true masterpiece uh, by a, a brilliant filmmaker, um, very early in his early career. in his career. Interestingly enough, he never worked with uh, Verna Fields ever again. Yeah. The editor of this film, he she, won an Academy Award, which I think he might have been a little jealous. He because, was very uh, upset about. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and watch. Um, the the talk about hubris. This the, is the Steve, documentary called "That Bitch Got an Oscar and I Did Not." <laughs> Steven Spielberg was so sure that he was going to get nominated for Best Director for Jaws, that he hired a camera crew to show up at his office and film him live as they read the nominations. And he's not nominated for Best Director. He's trying to play it cool. Uh, Joe, uh, oh, who's the guy from Mania? Joe Spinell Spinell, is there wearing a Jaws shirt. and, And Joe Spinell feels the energy in the room, and he goes on a rant, and he's like, the Academy's fucked. You know, here's the whole thing. You got the greatest living filmmaker of all time right here, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, who should have gotten an Oscar. And Spielberg's just so embarrassed. He's like, cancel all my calls. Hold my calls for the day. He's trying to be cool, but you know he's just, like, fucking seething. Yeah. And that started his, like, you know, lo- his need-hate relationship with the, the Academy. Um, Jaws deserved everything it got and more. Uh, deserves the attention, deserves the box office, deserves the status as great films of all time. Um, and that's that, Mattress Man. What do you think? Groovy. <laughs> now let's talk about what movie would pair even better, would, or would pair very well with Jaws. Hmm, let's see. Um... I don't know. Did Peter Benchley write anything else of note? Uh, the Island. The Island, which Michael Caine was in that movie. 
Um, the Girl of the Sea of Cortez. Okay. Well, the Sea of Cortez, I mean, that's California. Bob. White Shark. White Shark. Didn't he already do that? Basically yeah. in, in Jaws? Um, the Beast? Beast. With giant squid terrorizes a small community. Oh, cool. So there's another underwater creature that's going to terrorize a community. Yeah. That, sounds, that sounds familiar, though. White Shark is about a, a genetically a Nazi uh, uh, white shark mutant. Oh, who terrorizes Nazi, a small yeah, Nazi community? Sharks. Well, Nazi sharks—that's cool. Do they have lasers on their heads? No, but he has no. legs. He walks on shore. No. <laughs> right. Um, right, right, right. You know, and actually, we're white power shark. Isn't that the real yeah, title of that that's one? The name of that the, one, the, right? I'm sure Asylum made that movie. Yeah. No, dude, guy, I got it. Okay. Fucking the deep. From the number one bestseller by the author of Jaws, this is the deep. It begins in Bermuda with the adventure and romance of an island vacation, a fantastic opportunity for two young lovers to get away from it all. Was it beginner's luck to discover a sunken wreck in less than 60 feet of water? Where'd you get this exactly? Was it coincidence that there were two treasures, one of priceless jewels, the other, more valuable than that. You must be the young couple who found that bottle this afternoon. It certainly didn't look like anything. We didn't like... find any bottle. The danger and excitement of treasure worth killing for. <laughs> the adventure and intrigue of a secret worth dying for. But she hasn't got it. If his tongue moves again, cut it. Go upstairs pack and go home i'm going down there and you're gonna have to blow me up too as you please boy and beneath it all is the terror of the deep robert shaw i'm gonna signal you when i'm gonna fire this fuse now after that i don't care if you found the holy grail itself you've only got three minutes jacqueline bissett oh nick nolte Trace! All right, Trace, what the hell's going on? Louis Gossett. Forced me to take what you would not let me pay for. And Eli Wallach. 98,000 ampules. David, it's morphine. Morphine! From the number one bestseller, this is The Deep. 1977. Hey, I, I, that was a good year. Was it? Why? Yeah, I came out that year. <laughs> you know what else came out that year? Uh, like a, it's two uh, things. Yeah. Um, hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, space. Space conflict. Uh, space. Space battle. Space. What's it called? Space. Space battle. No, dude. Jacqueline Bissett's wet T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I was thinking something else. There was some space movie that came out that year. <laughs> it did. I think it overshadowed most of the movies that year. But the okay. Jacqueline Smith, I mean, not Jacqueline Smith, Jacqueline Bissett's tits, that, yeah. that overshadowed every movie that year? Yeah. <laughs> Those have got to be some yeah. big tits. <laughs> All right, so Peter Yates directed this film. Um, I think. And what else did Peter Yates do, Brandon? Well, I think some of you nerds probably know him as the director of those Harry Potter flicks. Oh, that guy? 
guy? Yeah. He did Harry Potter movies? Yeah, he ended up doing that. And he directed Jacqueline Bissett's boobs? Yeah, he, he gave us all okay. that incredible- Well, uh, just wet t-shirt. Because, I mean, really, this is a PG movie, so there's no boobs in this movie. That's very true. It's just the uh, the outline. The intimation. Yes, yes. Basically, Fulci saw it, and he was like, fuck it, take her shirt off. You're just going to have a naked you know, girl I said that exactly to Jamie when I was re-watching The Deep. I said to her, I said, you know what? Zombie 2 is way better because Fulci just said, you know what? Don't do it like, you know, with a wet t-shirt. Just take the t-shirt off. Well, look, so, all right, let's do the credits here, right? So Peter okay. Benchley uh, wrote the screenplay along with uh, Tracy Keenan Wynn. Tracy Keenan Wynn? Is he related to Keenan Wynn? Uh, I think he's actually related to Keenan Ivory Wayans. Oh, Keenan, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or maybe he's, it's Ke- Ke- Keegan, Michael, Michael Key. Michael Peel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, the movie stars. If you peel off the Keegan, you find the the the, the Tracy the Tracy Morton uh, unearthing. <laughs> it's we're, it's still early. What are we? Do? How have we gone off the deep end already? Well, it's the deep. Oh, oh my gosh! Um, all right, so this movie has a sorry a great. I found cast. a bunch of morphine on a boat, and I decided to do it before we recorded. <laughs> so that's how I just yeah. like Eli Wallach himself in this movie. Oh, was Eli Wallach actually doing the morphine? He's there's was a he deleted like scene. Lugosi? There's a deleted scene. Uh, there's two cuts of this movie, believe it or not. Really? There's an extended cut that's almost three hours long. Damn. Um, that has a lot more. Because uh, this movie's already clocking in what two hours and four minutes. It's got to be. It's it's yeah. at least as long as Jaws. Um. Uh. But here, let's do this cast. So we got okay. we got an encore performance by Robert Shaw. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Bissett, we mentioned her earlier. We got Nick Nolte in an early role. Louis Gossett Jr. Hey, wait a second. Wasn't he in another like shark movie? He or will something? be in a little bit. Oh, okay. We'll get to that. And then of course Eli Wallach as well. Why did we pick the deep? I mean, the thing is, I think initially we were talking what would be a good pairing with Jaws, and we were leaning toward a little bit more. I mean, I think one of our rules here was we said we didn't want to pick like such obvious choices. Like we don't. And spoiler alert: there's no piranha or tentacles chosen for any of these double feature pairs, or even orca, or even orca, um, because they don't really fit with Jaws. Well, because those are parodies of Jaws, yeah. or at least you know, really kind of cash ins without providing you know something that's substantial to be like a good companion piece, right? I mean, it's just, it's the obvious pick. You know, it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. And you want to know something? Sharks will go for low-hanging fruit. They do. That's why I, would, I try not to dip my balls in the salt water. Exactly. Uh, listen, the deep is, I, I think the reason, so here we go. We got a couple things here. One, it's a, we get a Peter Benchley. Um, double feature. Double feature out of this. It's perfect. The deep was his follow-up in uh, the literary world to Jaws. Uh, it is actually a much better novel. Yeah. Um, it it gets rid of the horror aspects and focuses more on it's a the thriller, thriller it's a, aspects. It's a treasure hunting thriller. And dude, nothing is better to me than treasure hunt thrillers. Yeah. I have a huge boner for them. I, the, the Deep is a movie that I wish was my life. <laughs> yeah? You wish you could live in a uh, lighthouse on Bermuda? You said it, man. Yeah. My My dream in this world is to live in a lighthouse in Bermuda, and go treasure hunting, just like Robert Shaw. Yeah. That's my dream. That's pretty cool. Uh, and and by the way, Robert Shaw in this movie is, 
he's great in Jaws, right, because he's playing Quint. He's got that grizzled, hard, tough exterior, and then he ends up, you know, you find he's charming drunk, you know, and you understand why he is the way he is. In The Deep, it's a different character. He yeah. gets to play full-on leading man charm. He is, he's the good guy. Yeah. He's the hero. Um, he's... Well, he's kind of an asshole in the beginning. I think with good reason. Yeah. I'd be I'd be an asshole if Nick Nolte banged on my door at fucking noon and was like, I demand you to tell me about this coin I found. Fine, I'll tell you, but you're not staying for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> How um, many times does he say that? Like two or three times. Probably. But you're not staying for lunch. I love the deep, man. It's, yeah. It is... Um, it's got a John Barry score. Oh, dude, it's 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 got this gorgeous, like lush. Uh, uh, it's not Bermuda. The movie it was not filmed in Bermuda. Bermuda. Yeah, it's the Bahamas. Uh, some yeah. of it's the Bahamas, and they also filmed it. Um, I want to say in like Puerto Rico. Oh yeah, I, somewhere around there. I, I I think it's still Caribbean, but like yeah. anyway, gorgeous cinematography, gorgeous well, Bermuda's locations. Bermuda's not the Caribbean. Oh yeah, you're right. Bermuda's like off the coast of like North Carolina. Huh. You're right. That would be But the registry for the ships and stuff like that, it's all Bermuda like in the movie itself. Yeah. Uh yeah. Maybe the yeah. Uh, you know what, I don't know. Look, I'm not That's an expert, weird. I'm a lover. Here's the deal. The deep I think we well, we wanted to put this on there because despite the maybe this is the most obvious choice that we've picked for our double feature, I still don't th- I think it's underseen. Yeah, I agree. I don't ever hear anybody talk about this movie. No. If anything, it's dismissed and poo-pooed. Nobody really ever talks about it, but it's really wonderful. Yeah. Thrilling. There is an... Dude, there is a fucking awesome sequence where uh, Nick Nolte is has to get back to Jacqueline Bissett, who's being uh, assaulted by... So, yeah, here's the question I actually I did have for you and stuff. Uh, you know, they don't really play it up in the movie at all and such, but... Do you think she was actually sexually assaulted in that? Because when he comes back to the room, you know, I don't know, spoilers, but, you know, uh, the, the villain in this is actually Haitian. So there's this whole voodoo Close. angle. Yeah. That, Louis that Gossett Jr. is the bad guy. And yeah. he's great. Yeah, he is great. He's, I mean, like, really, he's fucking scary. Actually. Yeah, the first time you see him, he he's comes super in charming, debonair. And then he's like, fuck these people. And he turns, like, on the screws. And he is fucking chilling as a bad guy. He really is. But uh, anyway, you know, a voodoo priest and everything, they they break into Jacqueline Bissett's hotel room and they hold her down and they cut her clothes off of her with a knife. And then they start basically taking a chicken foot that's been dipped in blood and start like smearing it all over her naked body and everything. And yeah. then when Nick Nolte finally gets there, you know, realizing that something's amiss... She gives a very overwrought performance. <laughs> she's just curled up in a ball, yeah. which is like, you know, did they violate this I don't think woman? they do. And the, re- the, the reason why I say I don't think they do is because earlier on in the film, they're kidnapped and forced to strip. Yeah. Well, um, she is. Oh, that's right. I'm th- but in the book, they both are. Okay. You see it. They both do. But, um, but he's, aside from the obvious... Uh, Cloche, the Louis Gossett Jr. character, is actually kind of um, gentlemanly about it. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'll let you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he gives her her clothes. Uh, so I don't think so. I, yeah. and, and I just think that they were using the uh, scary black magic yeah. to, like, to terrify Spooker. her. Yeah. Um, 
So I dead you know, cats, you know, hung up. And, yeah, but okay. They you said turn the screws. They do. There's a great scene where um they're on these little bikes going through uh, like little uh, Vespa bikes. Is that what those are called? Vespas? No, those were mopeds actually. Oh, they're little mopeds. Yeah, and um this car starts chasing them down in the middle of the Not road. A car, it's a truck, and it's really Nick Nolte. They're doing this stunts. Yeah. It's and they're going crazy. down these narrow fucking island streets. There's like one point where there's like construction workers. So like you know, Jacqueline Bissett winds up between like a rock wall and this fucking truck, and it's like holy Dude, it's awesome. shit. Then after that, you get a great suspense sequence where uh, uh, Nick Nolte has to fight a gigantic like muscle man bad guy. Just it's like a James Bond movie. Well, with that John Barry score, it's definitely even more it's like, like it. Yeah, definitely, dude. Yes. So it's, it's like a travelogue because you're getting to see yes. all these beautiful exotic places. <sighs> you know, you've got this beautiful John Barry score. <sighs> it is like a James Bond movie. You've got, you've got Robert Shaw, who was a James Bond villain in the very second James Bond movie. Yes. You so, get somebody who might as well, who could have easily been a Bond girl. Yeah, Jacqueline. You Bissett, get Louis Gossett, who could have been a Bond villain. Definitely. Um, Nick Nolte is a, a very handsome American. He's, he's great yeah. in this. Um, and... Uh, the scene where they're uh, doing the elevator. Uh, oh, and he's climbing up the elevator. Sequence. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, that is the scene where um, Robert Shaw's uh, uh, ba- like man. What do you like? His, oh, his cousin Kevin. Well, I'm Kevin. sorry, family. Kevin's his, family. Yeah, Kevin. which is Robert Tessier. Yeah, who is in all sorts of Clint Eastwood movies, and you know he always plays like a biker and everything. But you know he's muscle bound. He has one of the best scenes of the movie, which is a fight with another henchman with a fucking outboard, outboard motor, motor. Yeah. and it's real. Yeah, he's holding that thing inches from his face as it's cut. Sc- At yeah. one point, he puts it like down and it cuts and into it the cuts wood around. W- it's dude. Yeah, it is- I, I kind of looked at this and said. How the fuck did they film this? Because <laughs> there's no mistaking that that is not Robert Tessier. That's no fucking stunt man. That's Tessier himself. It's awesome. It's yeah, really impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, and then of course you get the the treasure hunt, which is full of its own twists and turns. And if you haven't seen, look, I'm not going to spoil yeah, everything. Yeah, it's cool. And then its Jaws comparison is probably closest. It because I think when this movie came out, it was marketed as. Like a, from the from the author that brought you Jaws, and you look at the poster, you see it's you know this yeah. character grasping at, at the surface. The surface yeah. You know, there's nothing underneath her, but uh, and it's it's more of a companion piece. It's not even a spiritual sequel. Yeah. You can't even say that. However, they both take place with the water. They both have to do with, the, and that's really yeah. it. But the only other thing is there is a giant monster. And I'm not going to spoil that either. Yeah. But I will tell you there's one incredible shot of the giant monster yes. when it reveals itself for the first, for the time, first time fully. And it's like and that the thing's strobe fucking lights real. going off. Yeah. Beautiful shot. The amount of work that went into this movie is impressive. They yeah. built these sets where they're going around. And underwater sets. Very impressive shit. Yeah. And incredible. It, and it's, it's, no, it's no dry for wet filming. No, it's these the real deal. These are all actors in full face masks and stuff, so you can see them underwater. You know it's them in both scuba gear and uh, what's, what's the name of that type of gear when they have the compressor at the top? I, I can't remember anyway. No, like from Dial of Destiny, that yeah. when they cut it, it sends a guy spiraling to his death for yeah. some weird reason. Um, yeah, uh, all of the suspense sequences are great. The treasure hunt is exciting. 
Uh, the villains are scary. This all the people getting wounded and everything in there, like spear guns going the through body are the parts, real deal. spears going into people's sides and everything. It's like it it looks very very real. It's it's yeah, it's exciting and it's, it's got a great. Wet end, t-shirt scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all that, too. But also the end credit song. Oh, the fucking disco, man. The, disco, the disco song. The Donna in. Summer song. It's great, man. And, I mean, it um, does sound like a fucking Bond theme. It does. <laughs> it's, 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 it might as well be. Yeah. I mean, if you, that's a good way of, of looking at it. Um, so The Deep is really, truly undervalued. It makes a great companion piece with Jaws. Yes. Check it out. Great adventure film. Great pairing. There we go. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? Well, I hate to be a pissy Pequot over here, but something tells me the sea beast is attempting to purge us from its innards. Really? Now, how do you... Hold on to something! Hold on to something! <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was different. Looks like we're deeper in the whale. Maybe a second stomach. Oh, God. Does that mean we're heading for... It's best if you don't say it out loud. Just, just, let's get on to our second double feature. Double feature two, buddy. Here we go. Obviously, that's Mm going to be Jaws 2. Jaws 2. The terror continues. In all the vast and unknown depths of the ocean, how could there have been only one? I think we may have another shark problem. Are you serious? Scheider. The whole beach looks incredible. Lorraine Gary. <laughs> and Murray Hamilton. Look at this. That's a shark. Look, Brody, you started a panic on a public beach. Now, what if somebody decides to sue us? That's a shark. Did you ever stop to think about that? And I know what a shark looks like because I've seen one up close. And you better do something about this one because I don't intend to go through that hell again. Don't press it this time. Mike is out there. None of man's fantasies of evil can compare with the reality. Of Jaws. Now, is that T O O or is that like numerical, like, you know, Arabic number two? It's the Arabic number two, yeah. and I think it's the first movie to ever have that. See, the, the really? Arabic number as the sequel. Really? Yeah. Think about it Godfather Part Roman numeral two. Yeah. What other sequels were there? They usually had different names. Yeah, that's true. I mean, all the Bond films had different names. Yep. Um, I'm I'm almost 100 percent positive. Like I'd bet money on it. Yeah. 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 That's that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So here, <clears throat> something new being done with the Jaws films. 
So, all right, Jaws 2, 1978, mm-hmm. directed by, why don't you go ahead and do this? All right, uh, directed by Jono Schwark. <laughs> Am I saying that right, Brandon? Is sure. Jono Schwark. <laughs> sure. Written by Carl Gottlieb and Howard Sackler, starring Roy Scheider, Lorraine Gary, Murray Hamilton, Jaws 2. There you go. Here's what I'm going to say first and foremost about Jaws 2. Okay. If it was not a sequel to the greatest film of all time, mm-hmm. this would be considered an incredible film. You think so, huh? I do. I think there's a lot of people that shit on this movie. I think there are a lot of people that shit yeah. on this movie, but I think that there's a lot of assholes out there. Yeah, well, that, that there are. <laughs> I think, honestly, um, for every man or woman on this planet, for every boy or girl, and for every person in between, one thing that they all are... <laughs> And they all have our assholes. <laughs> Thanks. That's a full minute yeah. bit that you just did. We got 10 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm listen. I'm sorry. I thought you were complaining. Keep I'm going. not. Listen, I, 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 I do. You're right. I think people do shit on this movie, but I also think that this is widely considered the best of the sequels. Oh, yeah. Hands down. I mean, just because you've got Roy Scheider in here. And this actually has one of my favorite cinematic set pieces. What's that? Well. The helicopter. The helicopter? Yeah. I thought you were going to say the boat chase. No, no, the helicopter. Okay. Well, that's, that's always been one of my favorite things. I was like, dude, man. I think I, I think I heard about this movie before I saw it for the first time. Really? Yeah. And this somebody, was like a Friday. The, that's how I was with Friday the 13th. Somebody explained it to me. It's like, yeah. And the shark pulls a helicopter into the water. Ooh. It's like, oh, that's, you know, like my imagination got yeah. going on it. And then. I think with how that scene was actually shot and everything, I, you know, the way that the tension was ratcheted up, it scared the crap out of me. Especially like you know when the rotors hit the water and they break free. And oh, start I love go that Flying shit. through yes. the fucking sail and everything like that really impressed upon me how fucking dangerous that moment. That's right. Was. It's like that could have hit the kids. I was always so distracted by that guy's Abe Lincoln beard. Oh, dude, that beard was fucking <laughs> awesome, man. I was like, that's a cool pilot right there, flying Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, dude, they, they don't drive cars, but they can fly That's helicopters. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and notice that his jumpsuit that he was wearing and stuff like that had hooks and eyes on it, too. It was oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah, and he had pennies in the corners of his mouth and everything, and then uh, blood started squirting out of his eyes. It was awesome. <laughs> I heard that he went to Amity for his Rumspringer and ended up yeah. just saying, like, you know what? I'm going to want to pilot yeah. helicopters the rest of my life. You know, the English told me about these whirlybirds. <laughs> And I decided that I was going to be flying on the Whirlybirds. They're real. They're real. Really in the sky. Um, Jaws 2 was always on television. Yes. Which is where I saw it for the first time. Probably me as well. Yeah. Um, and something about just Roy Scheider beating on that fucking cable with that paddle. Whack, 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 whack. I think he was pretending it was Dick Zanuck and David Brown while he was doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to imagine that this big... Thick corded <laughs> cable is their peckers. <laughs> I'm just gonna beat them with this paddle. Now, Jaws 2 uh, has a very interesting uh, and troubled production. History. Really? Troubled? Very troubled. Why was it troubled? Well, okay, so wait, obviously... Wait, wait. More troubled than any other Jaws movie made? Any other Jaws... Well, yes. Well, any other Jaws movie. Certainly more public. Um, I actually think Jaws 3 had more trouble. Uh, we'll get there. But Jaws 2... Had oh, a- because the original Jaws is 
famous for being a troubled production. Of course, be, for for obvious reasons, yeah. insistence to shoot in the real ocean, yeah. insistence to have a, sh- a shark, a mechanical, a mechanical shark, shark that had never been tested seawater. in the water, have a low budget, have a, a small window of production that went into a long. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's legendary. It's legendary. You, I mean, it, there's even a stage play. That's right. That's coming to Broadway. In, uh, actually, just opened it is on, on Broadway, Broadway now. Yeah. Okay, so, um, but Jaws two, obviously, Jaws is the biggest hit of all time. So they're going, we've got to make a sequel. It's making more money than God. What do we do? But we can't just make it a piece of shit. We have to do it good. So so they hire Jean O'Schwark. No, they don't hire him first. They don't hire him first. They hire a guy named John Hancock, who had only made a few films, including Bang the Drum Slowly. Okay. Which it's is a ac- baseball oh, movie. Right. But it's wonderful. One of my college professors is in that movie. Really? Yeah. And then he also directed a horror film called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I think I knew that one, too. And um, then they hired him to direct Jaws 2. Uh, and he shows up. He's a theater director. He's got a very, he's a very artsy guy. He's got a... Uh, um, he doesn't understand the politics of Hollywood very mm-hmm. well. And he thinks, I'm the director of this A-list movie. I can do whatever I want. And he doesn't play ball. And his vision for the film is stark, tonally completely different. Amity is, uh, since the shark attacks, suffering from um, the town has just gone under. Buildings are shuttered. Did they hire him to write this as well? Because, I mean... John Hancock hired his wife, Dorothy Tristan, to write the film. Ah. And so, by the way, the screenplay exists. You, You can read it online. It's an incredible screenplay. Yeah. Um, and if you're interested, you can read the novel that they made based upon that original screenplay draft? by uh, by Hank Searles. Okay. Uh, and then the Marvel Super Special of Jaws two is also a, a beat for beat adaptation of the Dorothy Tristan screenplay. Cool. Yeah. Um, it was a darker film. Amity shuttered. Amity's losing money. They're trying to build hotels and condos. Mm-hmm. It's not working out too well. Everything's well, yeah, that's dark. Where those people got killed. That's right. And um, everything was dark. Everything was tonally different. There was always fog in every shot. It was just like a mm-hmm. spooky. It was spooky. Amity was supposed to be sp- a ghost town, and they the town is haunted. The specter of the shark looms still over the town. Ghost shark. And then one shows back up. Now, here's the deal. There's one shot in the film. There's actually a couple, but there's one shot in the film that made it. John Hancock shooting. John Hancock shot the film. He shot almost everything on land. Almost everything on land was shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and did a couple of shark things, and then he was fired. There's different sides of the story of how he was fired, but he was fired. Very unceremoniously. Packed his bag, picked him up at an airport, said they were driving him to set. They drove him to the airport. Did I, did I say that right? Yeah. So he had his bags packed and they took him... And not to set to the airport and put him on a plane and fired him that way. Okay. Fucking crazy. Um, and then they brought on Jeanneau Schwark. Now, here's the thing. They also fired all the actors. They recast. Uh, the original Sean Brody, uh, the youngest son, was uh, uh, Ricky Schroeder. Hmm. Um, the girl from... Caddyshack, the girlfriend from Caddyshack. The Irish one? Yep, and she's yeah. also in Animal House. She was also in the film. Huh. Different Mike Brody, different actors all around. One of the only exceptions. Including our stars? Except for Roy Scheider, Lorraine. Gary. Gary. And Murray Murray Hamilton. Hamilton. Even a different uh, uh, 
Hendricks. Different dep- deputy as well. Played Hendricks. They cast somebody else. Really? Yeah. But then they brought back, uh, uh, what's his name? Kramer. Jeff Kramer. Kramer. Jeff Kramer. Yeah. Um, and so the one shot that exists is a beautiful shot. It's the shot of Amity Harbor at night. Foggy, spooky, mm-hmm. things clanging, the boats just drifting lazily, and then yeah. this panning shot of this ghost-like shark underwater looming through the darkness of the water, and its fin raises up, and it heads straight into Amity. It's an incredible shot in the film, yeah. and it's one of the only Hancock sequences that survived, yeah, okay. along with the sequence where the guy's paragliding and falling into the water. Ah, uh, yes. That's a Hancock sequence as well. Yeah. So the movie becomes more like the first film. They bring in Geno Schwark, who had directed Bug. Okay. Uh, they uh, uh, not that Bug. Yes, the bun- with the fire breathing or fire shitting beetle. Oh, the bugs. fire shitting bug. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, I thought you meant the uh, no the William Friedkin film <laughs> uh, Tracy Letts bug. No, not that one. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, we're already going a little over on this. So okay, really, we've already gone ten minutes. Yeah, holy shit. So this is going to be tough. All right. Well, um, but I'll, I'll wrap it up a little bit here. I mean, they ended up. No, I want to hear more. Okay, so they they hire Geno Schwark. He makes the he makes a movie tonally closer to the first film. Okay, which is um, probably a wise decision. I, Sure. I mean, I can understand it from a studio perspective. Yeah. I wish I would give anything to see. So, you know, this once again, cut. this kind of like best movies never made. Yeah. There's another Dude, we version. Should them, we should call them up and say, hey, guys, I, you guys have been doing some shark stuff lately. Because <laughs> like they're doing like they're doing shit on the Meg and all that kind of yeah. stuff, too. It's like I want to find out what this original sequel was going to be like. Well, I mean, I've read the script. I've seen amazing. the stills from the film. I know I I've got a pretty good idea. It's just what I won't ever get to see is what it was. Like yeah. whenever it's somewhere in Universal's vault. And until Spielberg dies, we're never going to get it. Yeah. And, you know, like it, this, So there was a cut of the movie already with you said everything on land had been shot. It had been shot. Yeah. Uh, Verna Fields had been editing it. Yeah. Um, she complained. She said this editor's no. She wanted to direct the movie, by the way. Really? She was not yeah. allowed to direct well, it. Well, that's because she's a woman. But he, no, it's because she was the vice president at the time. Oh. And they wouldn't of allow the her to States? edit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they wouldn't allow her to edit and direct. Um, and also, uh, you know, according to the fired director, John Hancock, she was one of the people that was directly responsible. For him being fired? Yeah. She would say things like, uh, um, I don't understand what this director's doing. I don't understand why he has the people doing this, why he would have these actors doing this or do it. And John Hancock's response is, now here's this Academy Award winning editor, one of the best in the business, taking a look at this footage and acting like she doesn't know how to cut it. You know, so there were look, he just didn't play the game. Yeah, he didn't play the game. And that's that's the the, that's that's the death knell in Hollywood. Yeah. And Jeanneau Schwark did. So Jeanneau says, "Okay, we need to rewrite the script. He gets Carl Give Gottlieb back. Give me all back. the little corporate peepees to suck on. I will <laughs> suck those peepees better than John Hancock did. And he decides, while we're working on the script, we're going to shoot this ski chase sequence. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, the standout sequence in the film for most people, I think. Um, that's how you ask the shark, do you want to know how I got these scars? That's right, yes. because that's where we get our Phantom of the Opera scarred yes. shark burst into flames. Dude, if that shark had a fucking mask, a half mask that it was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that would make it any better. Oh, if it, No, no, no. If they had made Jaws to a musical, that would have made it better. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Yes, I can. All right, here's it's things that make wonderful. Jaws 2 really good. John Williams returns to do the score. Yes. It's an incredible score. Yeah. 
they make a decision and there's enough like change in light motifs in that to actually like you know it's it's a jaws movie but it's got its own flavor to it T- just take a listen to the opening credit sequence majestic yeah. beautiful score yeah um it's got uh, uh they made a decision to just show the shark as much as they can and you know right or wrong it's it actually works because they you're never going to make it as suspenseful as the first film so let's just show the fucking thing yeah. and they deliver that yeah. thing's everywhere yeah. you get a real good look at how it works yeah you see you've seen everything by oh, the yeah. time the movie's every over it's too late yeah. you've seen everything <laughs> um it's got keith gordon yes it does He's incredible in the movie. Uh, <laughs> Dork in a dinghy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good in the film. Uh, it's got um, a great death for the shark. Yeah. It gets electrocuted. I like that like, smoke comes out of its eyeballs. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yes. Now, here's the thing I will mention. Uh, we were talking about the lineage. In the original screenplay and in the novel. Lineage or, well, I guess, yeah, heritage. Yeah, so go on, please. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt. And it, the novel and the original screenplay uh, went... They, the now, sh- the novelization of Jaws 2 or in the Peter Benchley no- novel? Novelization of Jaws 2. Okay, gotcha, okay. Um, it turns out that the shark in Jaws 2 is the mate of the shark from Jaws 1. Oh, so this is personal. Yeah, so it's a female shark this time around. Okay, so the first shark... Were there claspers on the first one? Yes. Okay. First one is... And look, first one's name is Bruce. This one's name is Brucetta. Brucetta. That's what it's affectionately nicknamed. Now, do they put tomatoes and onion and basil <laughs> I on think so. It? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's what made the scars happen. Oh, okay. Okay, so at the end, as it's being electrocuted, it gives birth. There's sharks, it's pregnant, and it gives birth. And they sneak away into the ocean, and that's the end of Jaws 2. Now, that's not in the final cut, but that's what was supposed to happen. Okay. Okay, and that sets us up for the sequel. Jaws 3. I guess. I guess. But we'll get there. there's more than I don't one? know. I don't know. We'll get there. No, no, no. There's more than one pup that gets born? I think it said it, it has, if I remember correctly, there's two pups that are born. I, I do, I'm not so 100%. Covers, that covers three and four for yeah. us, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, okay. it does. Okay, all right. Okay, so um, Jaws 2, I really, I love it, man. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like it. I, I mean, I really, really like, like the last reel of that movie. Yeah, I mean, all the it's, it, it's where it gets accused of being a slasher film uh, because it's, it's got a bunch kids. of teenagers yeah. being picked off one by one, I guess. Um, but this is actually proto-slasher. I mean, it came out the same year as Halloween. So mm-hmm. it's not fair to say you can't really say that. Well, I mean, Black Christmas had already kind of done the whole slasher thing to begin with, anyway. right? But yeah. this is not a this does not feel anything like Black Christmas. So to call it a well, slasher no, film, dude, because it's summertime and Christmas is in the winter. Although I think they Jesus, did film Brandon. it in the winter in Florida, in Pensacola. Oh yeah, and Navarre, Navarre Beach, actually. Jaws two was filmed in, in Navarre, Navarre Beach. Beach. Yeah, nice. all of the exterior, all of the all of the kids being attacked is in Navarre. Cool. Um, and uh, helicopter. The copter, I think, is in Navarre as well. Helicopter. I think that was shot in Navarre. Helicopter. Um, and so, uh, uh, um, but it, what was I saying? Where were we at about why it, why it's great? It's oh, it's not a slasher film, mm-hmm. and I and it, it gets accused of that. It's an unfair argument. I'd say if that's where you're going with your criticism, readjust because it's bullshit and it sounds like an echo chamber. So hello, calling you out, whoever Parents. uses that. <laughs> um, but I think that that does lead us into our next, our pairing 
for okay. Jaws 2. All right. Um, and we talked, yeah, okay. Let's get into, again, we could talk about these sequels all day. Of course. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll do commentaries for all of them at some point if you guys want that. That'll give us a chance to really get into yeah, the... Give me an excuse to sit down and watch a Jaws movie again. Yeah. Okay. So Even a bad Jaws movie, I'll be happy to sit like, through and talk about it. It's like James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. Bad James Bond is better than no James Bond. You have a point, my friend. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Chris, why don't you tell our listeners what we picked for the perfect pairing to Jaws 2? All right, well, the perfect pairing to Jaws 2, as Brandon said, is 1981's The Burning. <laughs> Forward to midnight swims. Don't. Let's sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. Don't be wrong. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. I will return! I will have my revenge! He lives on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there, watching, waiting. Who's What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again. And again, and again. Directed by Tony Malam. Screenplay by Bob Weinstein, yes. Who? That Bob Weinstein. <laughs> or Prisoner 74217. No, that's Harvey. Harvey's the prisoner. Oh, shit, man. That joke just doesn't Bob work. Bob is still out there, just like Cropsy. <laughs> oh, he's oh, he's going to come after us now. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. Uh, but anyway, uh, Bob Weinstein and Peter Lawrence. Story by Brad Gray. Which Bernie Brillstein and Brad Gray? Yeah, the head of <gasps> former head of Paramount. Yes, okay, Tony Malam and Harvey Weinstein. And now this cast, this insane cast, starring Brian Matthews, Leah Ayers, Brian Backer, Larry Joshua, Jason Alexander, Ned Eisenberg, Carrick Glenn, Carolyn Houlihan, Fisher Stevens, and special appearance by Holly Hunter. All right, The Burning. Now, this is a slasher film. Oh, yes. It's also a camp movie, too. It sure is, and it's got a bunch of teenagers who gather on a raft at some point. Oh, yeah. And are and then horrifically murdered. And then the oil slick comes out, and the oil slick grabs them by the hair <laughs> yeah, right. and pulls them through the wood slats, exactly, right? Exactly, right. It also after one character rapes it, right? Yes. Okay, that's, yeah. that's No, no, no. That's real life. You're thinking of Weinstein. Oh, um, sorry, sorry. It also... Has a burned and disfigured killer going after the Just teenagers. Just like the shark. That's right. The shark was burned and disfigured. And it also has a cast uh, that went on to some success. Yes. Well, and also you have a cast member named Fisher. <gasps> and Jaws is a fish. <laughs> 
that's great. That's great. Who also went on to play an Indian man, which uh, I don't know. But he did win an Oscar for Blackfish. Oh, yeah. About the killer whales that murdered people at SeaWorld. And by the way, that ties into our Jaws 3 in a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. It is. Uh, so the burning is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, I think the most frightening thing about this movie is Jason Alexander with hair. Jason Alexander fucking owns every scene he's in. Yeah. He is so good in the movie. He knows how to play dick too he's but he's he's also he's like clearly the most popular counselor at camp yeah and he he, he doesn't back down in the face of like the the tough dude yeah. the tough guy yeah. well that's true and also you know uh i think he was the main reason why i enjoyed eating a mcdlt <laughs> because of that commercial well, that yes because it kept the hot side hot and the cool side cool and then when you just put them together you got something special Jason Alexander is great in the movie. It's an interesting... Okay, so The Burning uh, came out in 81. Its direct competition was Friday the 13th Part 2. Tom Savini infamously jumped ship from Friday to The Burning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a creepy fucking makeup, too, man. That the makeup is creepy, is but the nuts. gore is great. Yeah. And I guess now the movie was uncut or was uh, uh, cut for years. And has only recently uh, been re-released really? in its uncut form. Oh, that's cool because the versions I've seen, you know, are pretty fucking horrifying to begin with. Well, it's great. I mean, the, yeah, the deaths are really intense. Yeah. Um. And uh. And and what it does is it takes the time to get to know the kids. Yeah. And it actually it's pretty awful because they it feels like they die randomly. You know, like when you watch a Friday Thirteenth, it's you, you kind of go this like, one's next. Yeah, this one. It's like. They're just victims of circumstance, yeah. you know, especially the Raft Massacre, which we'll talk about, I think, yeah. in a minute. Um, but I did rewatch this for this episode. Oh, yeah? And I had a really weird thought watching okay. it. Okay, what's that? There's a whole, there's the character, the Peeper. Yeah. Whose whole thing is, he can't help himself. He ha- He just goes, and um, and he just has to do this stuff to these girls. And he can't stop. He doesn't know why. I'm sorry, but no one likes me. I'm picked on. I'm ugly. I can't help myself. And he confesses all of this to his big brother character who's mm-hmm. like, why do you do these things? Why do you do them? I can't keep I can't keep answering for you. I can't keep protecting you like this. And I was watching this movie going, holy fuck, this is a fucking Weinstein confessional. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I like it. And I will tell you, I don't. I really like this movie. Yeah. But I I am really put off by the leering edge of the film. Um, the wind. The- it does kind of make you feel a little dirty. And then, of course, you know, the actual whole scene in the the shack bunk and stuff when like the kerosene or what is it, the fuel gets dumped on there. And then the. Oh, yeah. But like all of the like the nudity is just like there's the one girl who is like and and, and all these characters keep trying to assault the women. Yeah. They always like, no, stop trying to kiss me. And they're like, no, you want it. I know you do. It just it's it's a weird parallel. Well, I mean, remember who did the story and who I, so wrote I'm the screen. And it's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. Um. T- so if you look at it with that lens, it's actually kind of uncomfortable. Oh, wow. Um. But also. <laughs> 
Holy <laughs> I know. shit, dude. I, I almost texted you when I rewatched it and be like, dude. Yeah, it's I been got a couple something. years since I've seen it. You know, I'm gonna have to go back and it's really worth kind the, of view it under those auspices. But it's also worth the rewatch. I mean, again, it, it's a slow burn. Yeah. I can understand why I didn't like it when I was a kid, because it doesn't it takes forever to get to anything yeah. and it it's but as I've gotten older, I've I appreciate that. I mean, this movie has an ambiance. It's got that summer camp vibe. It feels, I know, it feels cozy. It's got yeah. that vibe. Um, that word again. But it's eighty one. It's a it's a time capsule of an era that is long gone, and we will never see its like again. Right. Great performances. Yeah. Everybody has great chemistry. Um, it's uh, Rick Wakeman's score, <laughs> which is pretty wild. But now let's just, before we're, we have to move on, let's take a few minutes to talk about a big reason why I think we picked this, the comparison, the raft sequence. Yeah. Um, it's an, it's infamous. I mean, it's the most famous part of the movie. It's what the movie is known for, I yeah. think. Um, and with really good reason. Watching it on its own, it's pretty intense. Watching it in context, it's... You'll never look at hedge clippers the same way again. <laughs> it's horrific. Yeah. It's horrific because the we the way these characters are just like dispatched like matter of fact we've been watching them the whole movie. Well, here's here's the other thing too that that I think really stands out for this one is that the reaction shots in this scene in particular because as these characters and I'm not even going to say being murdered as these characters are being mutilated yeah. and watching their reaction knowing that they are dying it, 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 and it's it happening does. fast, so they look so confused, and then they're in pain, looking at their chopped off hand, finger hand. Yeah, fucking Fisher Stevens getting his fingers chopped off, man. Still, I mean, I right now I'm closing my eyes, and I can fucking see the picture in my head. Oh it, yeah, it's horrifying. The one dude getting it through the throat, mm-hmm. the girl getting her head just reamed like, yep, and her forehead ripped open. Um, it is an incredibly edited yes. sequence. Beware of creepy people in long kind of coverall kind of stuff covered up with canoes. Hiding in canoes with shears. With fucking shears. Now, you know who edited this film? No, who edited this film? Jack Shoulder. Did he now? Oh, wait a second. Yes, I did know that. I did know that. And the got to give the motherfucker credit. Yeah. The famous sequence of the film was edited by the same guy who directed Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. It's... A, who was an excellent editor? Yeah, it is a great sequence of the movie. It's 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 wonderful. Anyway, the burning is a really cool summer camp slasher movie that has the right vibe. Uh, it pairs as a great midnight campfire movie with as a late night screening with Jaws two. I think it's a yeah. perfect. I think it's a perfect pairing. Yeah, and you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, a nice change of gears there, but you know, a, a nice continuity that goes along through both films. Anything else you want to say about the burning? Um, it'll fuck you up. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It is. It really is. It's a. It's a cool. It's a cool flick. Yeah. Um. All right. Not well, quite as shocking as Angela's dick. No. Which is actually no, a good thing. Right. It's not. But it that it's a good pairing with that movie as well. Yeah, well, the whole summer camp thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. All right. Oh, sweet. Tigo's tits. Hard she blows. <laughs> Chamber three in three D. 
Wow, I felt like Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> Jaws 3D. Yes. A creature alive today has survived millions of years of evolution. It lives to kill a mindless eating machine that will attack and devour anything. One terrified you like nothing you have ever experienced when it captured your imagination and tapped your fear like no movie before it. Then, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, two continued the legend and spread the fear. Next summer, nature's most terrifying creature takes on an all-new dimension in an all-new adventure. And for the first time, the terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. Jaws 3D. The third dimension is terror. Nineteen eighty three, uh directed by Joe Alves. Yes. Our uh scenic designer and uh production Production di- uh, 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 Production Designer <laughs> Production Designer, Art Director, um Associate Producer, uh really one of the key driving creative forces of the first two Jaws films, who does not get enough credit for the incredible work that he did, include designing that shark um joe alves is is an incredible artist academy award winner or nominee at least i think he actually won for something i mean i know he did close encounters he did escape from uh new york this is his first and only directing job um and it's easy to dunk on the dude um quite literally i think he's like five eight but also (laughs) because um, well, rub it in there, Mr. Fucking Foghorn Leghorn Tall <laughs> Motherfucker, you. Kiss my ass. Um, all right. can get down that far. Right. <laughs> okay, more credits here. This is fascinating. Screenplay by Carl Gottlieb and Richard Matheson from a story by Gordon Trueblood suggested by the novel Jaws by Peter Benchley. I wonder what kind of fucking legal mumbo jumbo that they were working with on that in order to kind of satisfy, you know, whatever, you know, writers guild bullshit was going on on this movie. I can tell you a little bit. Okay, well, please go we'll ahead. Get there. Starring Dennis Quaid. Mhm. Bess Armstrong. Mm-hmm. She's the best Armstrong there is. <laughs> Simon McCorkendale. Yes, Manimal himself. A returning a visit from Lewis Gossett Jr. You mean Cloche from that other movie? That's right. Oh, wow. Suggested from the novel. <laughs> By Peter Benchley. Okay. John Putch. Putch. Leah Putch. Thompson. Putch. And P.H. Moriarty. Yeah. Uh, as the unintelligible mo- man who screams that <laughs> you can't and understand And you want to know something? Every single fucking movie that P.H. Moriarty's in is is like that. All right, look, here we go, guys. I'm going to try to keep it brief. Uh, I'll do my best. Jaws 3 is a joke to most people. I think it's an easy punchline. It's called Jaws 3D. 
Um, it's a sequel to the greatest movie ever made. It's the second sequel. It's made in 1983, so it's got a weird, shitty aesthetic in some mm-hmm. people's minds. Um, and this is the one where the production crew actually hires a shark to kill other people on the movie, right? Now, what you're saying is the plot of Jaws 3, People Zero, the original version of Jaws 3 that was going to be made by Zanuck and Brown. Oh, right. Before, you, mean, you mean Zanuck and Brown that actually produced the first movie? And the second film. And the second movie? They thought they would make a fun, ha-ha, hearty-har parody of Jaws 3, of Jaws, uh, from the National Lampoon writers. So National Lampoon's Jaws 3, People Zero. Written by John Hughes and some other fellow whose name escapes me, and directed by Joe Dante. Yeah. Supposedly, they even built sharks for it. Yeah. Which, let me fucking see those sharks. I want to see what they look like. Well, my understanding is that actually sharks were one of the most realistic things about this movie, is that everything was insane, but like they wanted the sharks to be scary. And you're referring to the actual film that was made? No, I'm referring to the actual... The parody film, Parody film that any of the actual shark sequences were supposed to be scary and gory. Interesting. That this was supposed to be an R-rated film. Right. But, you know, seeing how both Jaws and Jaws 2 were PG affairs, they wanted to up both the blood and, of course, it being National Lampoon, the titty quotient. Right. I guess there's that whole scene with Bo Derek naked. Yes. I mean, it's a bad idea from the start. I, I think it's a terrible idea. Have you read the script? I have not read the script. Well, yes, parts of it. Parts of it. I. It, it's unfunny. I mean, it's completely unfunny. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it would have been funny. I highly doubt it. It's. It's just. It. It's awful. But. But Flounder was going to be in it. So you've got Flounder and a giant shark in the same movie. <laughs> You're right. They should have yeah. made it. Yes, they should have made it. So that's the movie that didn't get made. Instead, the movie that got made, in some people's opinions, is even more laughable and hilarious. Here's how I'm going to pitch this movie to everybody. Oh, okay. All right? All right, Brandon, what do you got for me? There is a scene where Dennis Quaid, this is at the peak of action. This is like the suspense peak of the film. Going into the third act, we're barreling into the third act, okay? Okay. Everything's at the mo- it's apex of intensity. All right. And yeah. that intensity is Dennis Quaid hijacking a golf cart, knocking the popcorn from it off the ground. Children grab all the popcorn and eat it. He drives the golf cart so hard and fast and coked up that he wrecks the golf cart into the grass, rolls down a hill into a line of dolphin-shaped baby strollers and goes, damn it! And if that's the kind of thing that you're into, Jaws 3 is the perfect film for you. I'm kind of semi-chubbed right now from that description. That is that is amazing. Look, the fucking movie is set and filmed at SeaWorld Orlando. And I remember going to SeaWorld shortly after that movie came out. Did you see the sharks? And, uh, I did not see the sharks. They had the submarines that were used in the in the movie actually on property there right by the lagoon. On the far side of the lagoon across from Shamu Stadium. That's yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. SeaWorld in the early 80s was incredible. Yeah. Um, I was there as well, and uh, I out, I was at the, the Shamu show. Mm-hmm. I was picked out of the audience 
to be chum? To go down and feed Shamu. Oh, wow. They put me in the wading pool, mm-hmm. gave me a giant tuna. I remember it almost slipped out of my hands. It was like so heavy. T- well, you were a midget at the time. I was, so I was really, the tuna was not as big as you thought it was. I was, was like brand. five. Yeah. Maybe. And I put it in the orca's mouth. Like, just mm-hmm. do- dropped it in. And it was like the most incredible experience. There's pictures of it. Did I mean, the orca diddle you? No, but it was the same orca that dragged its trainers to their deaths. Oh, Tilly? Yeah. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah. Also, the same orca that Bess Armstrong, co-star of Jaws 3, rides on throughout the whole film. Hmm. It was Tilly, huh? That's cool. Crazy. Yeah. Um, also, the same orca that Fisher Stevens from The Burning made an Academy Award winning documentary about. Oh, wow. Um, anyway, what's not to love about Jaws 3? Again, it's this this aesthetic of SeaWorld in the 80s. Um, well, it, let me let me set something straight right now. Do that it. It really bugs me about this movie. Do it. Orlando is in the middle <laughs> of the fucking state, nowhere near the open ocean. No, dude. It, in Jaws 3, it explains there's a, uh, a, there's a gate that opens out to the open ocean. No, 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 no. Orlando is in the middle of the fucking state, and you've got to drive at least an hour and a half to get to the water. No. Only one person in the world will know that. I'm Now I'm the executive producer. Everybody's an idiot. They, no. It opens to the ocean. It does? We're filming. Oh, okay. Action! All right. <laughs> to be fair, they never say Orlando. That's true. So for all we know... It's SeaWorld set, like, on the east or west coast. Oh, San Antonio. Wait a second. That's in the middle of that state, too. No, they do say it's Florida. Oh, okay. But they never say specifically Orlando. Gotcha, gotcha. No, look, the movie is laughable. It's hilarious. There's there's a scene where these guys, they needed to get more deaths, so these guys sneak into SeaWorld to steal coral, coral, and they have this great moment where they actually talk about their plan as they're going to do it as mm-hmm. if they've never talked about it before <laughs> all right so what we're gonna do is i'm gonna turn this light on yeah i just followed you here blindly with all of this shit um all right there's so much to shit on about jaws 3 but there's a lot to love and leah I d- thompson leah thompson is great honestly the performances are good, man. Yeah. They're all around good. Everybody's a pro. Every, and everything's when you think good. about how much cocaine they were on, <laughs> it's even more impressive. Now, here's the biggest pro that the movie has going for it. And mm-hmm. I don't, like, the fucking shark, the, and I'm talking about the mother, the big shark, yeah. is terrifying. That thing comes looming out of the murky water, bearing its gums, <laughs> inhaling the water, going through mm-hmm. its... It's gills. gills. People say it roars. I disagree. I think it's the sound of rushing water, and I think it's their conceit. They're like, we can't have it roar, but let's kind of get to it a little. Let's do it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it, the idea is it's... <sighs> that fucking thing is terrifying. Well, regardless, you know, people, I think, shit a, t- a lot of times on certain choices that are made by directors because they know that there is a visceral or subconscious trigger within that, okay? Okay. Sounds, frequencies, and certain images are going to elicit an autonomic response in the audience members, okay? Okay. Directors are going to use every tool that they have in the toolbox in order to get a certain response out of the audience. And if you can do something with sound that, okay, 
realistically, this does not exist if this situation were in the real world, but still for a person that's sitting in a movie theater watching a movie, you shoot him with a certain type of sound, you're going to get the response that you want. Your body's going to okay. recognize it, even if your conscious mind is going, no, yeah. that's not how it's supposed to happen. Okay, Directors do this kind of stuff all, all the, time. the time. All the time. All the time. They are fucking with you. And sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah, sometimes it does. But I guarantee you, if you see this movie in a theater in 3D, it'll fucking work. No. Um... Also, I think the big, the, the infamous moment of Jaws 3 is the ending, where the giant shark turd basically slowly floats toward the camera, cracks the glass, stops moving mid-swim, the glass explodes, and it's really ridiculous. I, I think that that's, Even when it crashes in the control room? Yes, at the end of the film. And it eats Louis Gossett Jr., right? Yeah, it eats his nephew. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sequence is the scene that is most often uh, well yeah because it's a matted composite shot too and being able to yeah, get all those elements together here's the deal they were in production of this now just like Jaws 2 there's an alternate cut of Jaws 3 in the vaults oh man this movie was uh, I think the runtime of it is like 93 minutes mm-hmm. there's a, a two-hour cut of the movie. Wow. Um, where a lot of subplot is cut out, a lot of things that are kind of explained. It's never quite clear in the film when they go to the underwater kingdom that they are actually walking into the mouth of a whale. And the the craggy underwater where the tentacle is a whale's body that they're suddenly inside. Mm-hmm. All of this like cool design that was done for the film is actually not seen which i was really fucking disappointed when i went to sea world and that shit was not there it's not the same it's not even remotely close like shark encounter was the closest and then all of a sudden i'm like wait a second it's not even like that at all Not even remotely it's just one tunnel it's not even it's not now let me ask a question because this is something that i kind of understand the the production situation for this particular movie okay it's a universal release but it you know, uh, Zanuck and Brown were not, they had basically licensed yeah. the movie to another person? They dropped, they sold the rights. Completely. Yes, okay. completely. And this All is right. at the time where Universal was in a bit of disarray. Yeah. MCA came in and did a merger with it. Yeah. So a guy named Alan Landsberg is who bought okay. the rights to it. Um, and I don't know how much Alan Landsberg is to blame. I think probably significantly. But what ended up happening, I mean, the movie was shot in 3D with a very difficult 3D process, not one of the better processes. And I'll bet your cousin can enlighten us on a lot more of this. Yeah, we'll have to ask about that. Um, But they struggled with the 3D process, um, and they were doing the effects for the film. And at one point, at some point, uh, somebody... Okay, the special effects, the the optical printing that was done for the 3D effects, mm-hmm. the arm floating, uh, uh, the, the, fish, the head. fish head floating, um, the underwater submarine turning yeah. and uh, seeing the mat lines, the shark floating toward the breaking into the control room. Yeah. Some of those were the originals. Uh, oh, okay. Um, halfway through editing the film, they fired the optical company. And they brought in a new optical company because somebody convinced a producer that this is the way to go. We're going to do it um, digitally. We're going to... I'm sorry, what is this term you use, digitally? Right. 
What is, what is this? And it ended up because it's faster and it's cheaper. Oh, well, faster and cheaper is definitely something that's going to catch the attention of some fucking suits yeah, at Universal. that's exactly right. So they okay. fire the company. Now, there's a couple shots in the movie that look excellent. That that fish head at the beginning. Yeah, with the mouth opening and closing. That's yeah. the original company. Yeah. That's the people. They did it. If you go online, you can watch this HBO special about the making of Jaws 3. There's a brief moment where you can see the shot of the shark, the original version of the shark, floating toward the camera mm-hmm. um, that was cut from the film. And it looks good. So the movie got fucked up in post-production. They were trying to do something like... Well, cocaine is a hell of a drug. It sure is. It sure is. Um, by the way, pass that shit. Okay. Uh, no. Yeah. So the the movie it gets fucked up in, in post, and it changes the dynamic of the film. Another thing is... The shark, the idea is that in 3D, it's supposed to come out at you, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that it can gnash at you and snap at you. But the problem is, it's a big, long thing. Yeah. And it has to come toward a camera. And the closer it gets to the camera, that fucking dorsal fin gets cut out of the frame. And now, the 3D effect is ruined. Oh. And this was something that they didn't even quite fathom until they were making the movie. And they were like, oh, fuck. Now what? And it kind of just that little perspective up. thing ruins the ruins whole effect. Ruins it. Yeah. And they didn't know. They just, and they were like, "We need a little more time, and we can get this if we get enough time." I just today saw the storyboards for Jaws that sequence. Mm-hmm. The whole idea is it's stuck in there. Um, its head gets stuck in the glass. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just break it, and the whole thing shatters. Its head is coming through the glass, yeah. and then it starts chomping and doing this the glass starts cracking around it mm-hmm. water starts spraying out as the shark starts lunging closer to the screen everybody screams and then finally the grass the glass cracks flings at the audience the shark comes rushing in dude the vision was there yeah but it got fucked up the execution lifts a lot to be desired it does but yeah. It is such a fun movie. Yeah. I fucking love Jaws 3 so much. It gets better with each rewatch. I even had a fucking birthday party for it. Yeah. We did a Jaws 3 screening recently, too. And anyway, look, we're talking long on this movie. There's a lot that can be said about Jaws 3. I get it. I get it. But give it a chance. Just look at it as if you're... Do you just want to have a good, fun time? 1983 SeaWorld, Dennis Quaid's coked out of his mind. You can see his pit stains everywhere. <laughs> He's sweating like a madman. Mm-hmm. The shark is great. Simon McCorkendale is fucking awesome in the movie. You can't understand a goddamn thing P.H. Moriarty's <laughs> saying, but, you know, it's gruff and... <laughs> There's a great sequence where a character is eaten, and, and you see him be eaten alive from inside the mouth of yes, the shark that was pretty fucking cool. awesome how can you not like a movie that has that sequence grenades grenades blows up at one point the shark's jaws sprinkle toward the screen yeah. and they freeze it's fucking awesome and by the way you get the greatest ending shot of any movie ever and that is these two asshole dolphins cindy and sandy show up the worst optical mat you've ever seen in your life as the sun is setting jump out of the frame, spinning in circles, and freeze frame on either side of the screen while Bess Armstrong screams, All right! And it freeze frames, and it's 
fuck you if you don't think that's the greatest ending to a movie ever. Oh, by the way, the other thing you just made me reminded me, the score by Alan Parker is fucking incredible. It's an incredible score. You know, all the the ski sequences, which I think they shot at Cypress Gardens, too. No, that's SeaWorld. It was all at SeaWorld? It's all at SeaWorld. Um, That's pretty It's awesome. And you want to know a rumor? What's the rumor? Supposedly, when they left SeaWorld, Mm -hmm. they left one of the sharks behind and sunk it in the lagoon. Oh, wow. The rumor is that there is a rotting shark from Jaws 3 in the lagoon at SeaWorld still to this day. And to this day, it has never been discovered. Okay, that's it. Jaws 3D, guys, it's fucking great. <laughs> Chris is looking at me like I'm insane, and no, I no, am. No, 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 I've got a crazy thought in my what head. What is it? That aerial photography of that will probably show you some sort of indication of where that shark may be. Where's Google Earth, dude? Oh, we need to do Fucking it. Google Earth that shit, and we'll do I'll it. bet you you could probably find some kind of thing. You, yeah, with the right conditions, if the if the photos were taken, you can probably see it. Because this is how they find fucking all kinds of archaeological shit in South America. I mean, it's got to have rotted away or turned into a coral reef by now. Yeah, but I mean, it's still, there's tons of metal in that thing, and yeah. even though that's going to be corroded as fuck, it's not going to be gone. Yeah, Titanic's still there oh for the time God. being. God damn it. Get me to SeaWorld stat. Yes. I shall do that, sir. All right. I shall do that. Well, let's um let's get into our second double feature or okay. our second our pairing for well, a second. What are we gonna pair feature. against this movie, man? Dude, why don't you tell us? You tell me. You know what would be really great to pair with this movie? I don't know. Some sort of thing where you've got like this aquatic creature that winds up in an aquarium, much like how like the shark winds up at SeaWorld, which is basically a giant aquarium, right? You know, there are lots of tourists come yeah. to see and everything like that. And, you know, they've got it in a tank, and they're trying to just, you know, figure it out, you know, man. And They want it, just it to be okay. They want it yeah, to take yeah, care exactly. of it. Exactly, yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's some people, they want to make some money off of it, Well, too, yeah, why wouldn't you? Sure. So, you know, let's let's see if we can just take this thing and... Exploit it a little bit, just a little bit, and then maybe they exploit it too far, and, and it, it doesn't want to be exploited. Breaks out of the aquarium, yeah, and think... causes mass chaos at the aquarium. Oh, that would be awesome! What movie other than Jaws 3D does that exact same thing? Oh, I know, I got it, I got it, I got it, what? I got it, I got it, I got it. Jack Arnold, nineteen fifty-five. Revenge of the Creature. Creature can be the first man to scientifically study a creature that, by all the laws of nature, should have died a quarter of a million years ago. They dared to bring him back alive from his haunts deep in the jungles of the Amazon. They dared to put him on display with the other denizens of the deep while thousands came to marvel and wonder. You know, I I pity him sometimes. He's so alone. The only one of his kind in the world. If anything goes wrong, you head straight for the surface, you understand? All right, let's go. They dared to study him, to probe him, to tempt him with the lure of a woman's beauty, thinking that mere chains could hold in check the primeval forces that surged and roiled within this strange being from the dawn of time. Mm-hmm. 
Now, when we say Revenge of the Creature, all right, we're not talking about a shark. We're not talking about a cephalopod, you know, like a cuttlefish of Cthulhu, or an octopusy, or a squidward. Okay. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about the motherfucking creature from the Black Lagoon, bitches. I have a question for you. Yes, yes. Go right ahead. What's the revenge that it gets? Well, wouldn't you be a little pissed off if you're living your happy life in, you know, South America, in the Amazon and everything, which is really just Silver Springs, but that's neither here nor there, all right? You're living down there, you know, you're eating your fish, you know, you got to kind of sort of feel up, you know... Julie Adams. Julie Adams, which is pretty cool. Um, and then these assholes come back, and then they just take you. They take you, man. They take you. They kidnap you. They fishnap you. They fishnap you, and you're in a you're in a pool. But but what's the revenge? I mean, they just all they do is they chain him up, and then they feed him, and then they just try to teach him. They try to understand him. Yeah, and then ultimately he says, "Fuck this, man! I don't want to be stuck in here anymore." <laughs> All right. Revenge of the Creature. All right. Screenplay by Martin Berkeley. Story by William Allen. Starring John Agar, uh, Lori Nelson, John Bromfield, Nestor Paiva, Rico Browning, d- dual. The late, great Rico Browning, who just passed That's this right. year. And Tom Hennessy as the creature on land. Yes. Um, yeah, dude. So I. 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 For. Okay. Creature from the Black Lagoon is, is one of the greatest Universal monster movies ever. Well, one of the greatest movies ever made. Okay, but I the, love that. I, yeah, no, no, no. I, uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon, and I think there's a lot of people out there that will agree upon it. There is as much sympathy for that frigging creature and as much love for that creature as there is for Karloff's Frankenstein. Dude, I love uh, Creature because uh, the movie, the first movie, because it's a jungle adventure film. Yeah. And it it's it does everything right. Well, it, and it's I mean it's cinematic. I mean that truly gave a lot of people views and things that they had never seen before. The underwater photography in that movie is top notch. It's beautiful and shot here in Florida, just about an hour north of us. Now, interestingly enough, uh, if you watch Creature from the Black Lagoon, the original, now mm-hmm. you will see just how much. That wonder kid, kind wunderkind, wunderkind, Steven Spielberg stole for Jaws. Yeah, it's actually downright risible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a couple things I'll throw out r- oh, real okay. quick. Please, yeah, no, this first is first and foremost the fucking score. Yeah, in Creature from the Black Lagoon goes like this. Yup. Okay. Second, obvious. He calls it the homage. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The fucking shots of Ju- uh, Julie Adams swimming mm-hmm. is the opening of Jaws. Um, the scene where they catch the thing in a net, yeah, or a I don't know cage, 
and it destroys the boat, mm-hmm. and they have to. Somebody goes rig something, and they rig something really quick so they can reel it up, only to see that the net is completely ravaged and destroyed. Mm-hmm. Those are just a few things, just a couple. Um, there would be no Jaws without Creature from the Black Lagoon. I agree wholeheartedly. But we're not talking about the first movie. We're talking about the year later sequel. And here's what I want to say, real quick. Overall, I feel like you can do no wrong with any Universal monster movie. Yeah. Excuse me what just happened to my voice. Although House of Dracula. No. Mm. Wrong. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude. I love House of Dracula. I know you do. I know. Yeah. We had a whole episode about it. Yes. Um. I love all the just, I love all the mummy sequels. I love all yeah, like well, I mean there, yes, there's there's still something to be said about just there's a soft spot in my heart for Even this one uh, by the way, just like Jaws 2, they just straight up show you the creature the whole fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not even remotely hidden. Although the first appearance of the creature in this film is legitimately shocking. Yeah. It jumps out of the water and grabs a fucking crane by the legs <laughs> and pulls it into the water. What the fuck? It's called a snack, Brandon. A snack. Now, why are you so fucking judgmental, man? Well, I'll tell you why. I've seen you do the same goddamn thing with a martini. Where there was a martini, this is at Brandon's house, there's a martini sitting on the fucking counter, and then all of a sudden you see like these little, it looks like fingers just kind of like, you know, creep over the top of the, the countertop there, and then the top of Brandon's little wispy hair begins to kind of come into eyeline, and then you see his big wide eyes because you know he the, the fingers are shaking a little bit you know and it's dt kind of shit going on there and then all of a sudden he just grabs that martini and then disappears below the countertop and we never saw that martini I again. basically shove the entire glass and drink into my mouth like i'm a cartoon that's character. pretty like, much oh. what happened yeah you got a problem dude <laughs> okay but you know who else has a problem who the creature in this movie oh yeah well, because you just said all the sympathy it has in the first one especially, mm-hmm. is out the window in this one yeah. because it fucking straight up murders a dog. Yeah. And it is shocking. I was shocked. They cut to a close-up of a dog's corpse with blood oozing out of its mm-hmm. mouth. And we're I'm immediately like, fuck this creature. Fuck, kill it. Get it. Kill it. Okay. Um, let, me, let me say one other thing, though, okay? Um, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. But just consider, just consider for one second, okay, how tasty that dog might have been. <laughs> you know what? I take back everything See, I ever I, said. Yeah. And in fact, here's a candy bar. You, you've earned it. I think the parallels are obvious for, for why we chose this to fit with Jaws 3. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's a good... It, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun um It's a adventure. great sequel. It is a great sequel. I mean, it's not Actually both of the sequels to Creature Walks Yeah, Creature Walks among, uh, among Us is is really cool too. Yeah. It, may, it might be better. In so, I don't know. It's tough. They're all three a lot of fun. The first one is the best. Definitely. No, dude, see this is perfect because it's just like the Jaws movies. Yeah. They're all great. Like how what are you going to do? You're going to say you don't like this movie. The creature fucking does everything it needs to do. There's the actors are swimming around with real barracudas mm-hmm. and sharks and sea turtles, and it's awesome. What and is it? It's Marineland? That- shot in Marineland in yeah. St. Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Uh, Little Florida connections here. That's right. Navarre Beach for Jaws 2. Orlando read for Jaws about 3. In a, in a book that Brandon and I are working on, but we'll tell you more about that yep, later. Yeah, that's more to come. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, dude, yeah, I, I really enjoy Revenge of the Creature. I, I like John Agar. He's good. Yeah. But I well, also, he's a staple of B cinema, man. Yeah, John Agar's in so many, well, horror films, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tons of stuff. Um, and I like uh, I the the other guy in this movie. Um, I guess is John Bromfield is the actor mm-hmm. who. Spoiler, guys! But he gets killed, and it's kind of shocking. There's literally you see him on the ground, and they're trying to administer life back to him, and they like pan up, and they're like, "No, he's he's gone." It's great. It's shocking. No, it's a good movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's good. And then there's that tall guy that's in there too. What's that tall guy's name? Um, <laughs> usually he has a horse under his ass. Yeah. Usually he doesn't have to deliver dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Clint Eastwood. We forgot to mention him in the thing. I, for, I well, forgot yeah, it wasn't about in there. That's fine. It's, we're, we're mentioning it now. This Clint is Eastwood's one of Clint Eastwood's first roles. Is this before Tarantula? Uh, I think Tarantula is fifty six. This is fifty five. So yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, he Clint Eastwood is a dipshit lab assistant, <laughs> and honestly, and he sounds very scientific when he talks. He's he, he, he's terrible. He's <laughs> yeah. he, it's a really bad. It's supposed to be a goofball comedy scene. Yeah, um, and it's like so flat. Well, it's not like you know. It's almost as good as him singing in in Capaloo, right? Is Capaloo? Is that no. what one? Where Pinter he wagon. Oh, Pinter yeah, wagon. Yeah, Pinter wagon. Yeah, or it's almost as good as uh, seeing him uh, uh, point to a chair and talk about uh, an invisible uh, uh, straw man that's a scarecrow or whatever it was that's not sitting in the chair. He's lost it. Um, Dude, give him a break. The man's like 147 (laughs) years old, okay? Yeah, I'll give him a break. Let's bury him already. Jesus Christ. No, I think he's got two more movies coming out soon. So, no, we want to see those. Oh, man, almighty. Um yeah, dude, Revenge of the Creature. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's it's a good old fashioned fifties black and white B movie. Uh, it's also in three D, mm-hmm. uh, just like Jaws three. Um, I don't. Can you watch it in three D? Is there a version of it available? Uh, you know, on the Legacy Collection. You know, you know the one I got you for your birthday. Mm-hmm. You know that one. Um, normally, they're pretty good about putting different cuts of the movies on. I didn't see those, it on that. but I don't think it's on there at all. Now, the movie was released at the end of the 3d craze um so it mostly played flat it it didn't really do a lot of 3d business um so yeah did russ meyer ever do any 3d movies (laughs) i don't know no i don't think so Man, what a waste i mean i'm sure in his mind he was doing them in 3d but um well he got to see it in 3d because he was filming it (laughs) jeez sorry can you do a ranking of the creature movies or does it go in descending order for you that's a tough one because between the two sequels to the original creature, I mean, the original creature from the Black Lagoon is practically perfect. Yeah. Um, so that definitely is highest in the pantheon there. Um, it depends on how I'm feeling that day where I could okay. swap, you know, one for the other because yeah. some of the things, because there's there's some massive modifications, like all the fucking surgical shit that they do to the creature in uh, The Creature Walks Among Us. Uh, and the type of story that they're trying to tell there, you know, the assimilation story yeah. that's happening there. Sometimes I find like super, super fascinating and sometimes a little heartbreaking as well. Um, 
And, you know, I think about the first time that I saw Revenge of the Creature and it was the sort of thing like, I don't know if I want to watch this one. And then when I finally did kind of sit down to watch it as a kid, I was like, this is way cooler than I thought it would be. And and I think that might have been one of the games because Channel 44, which was WTOG. Yeah. You know, which I guess is still kind of around. Yeah. But it's not it's it's not what it was. I mean, back when, you know, you had like real regional television stations and everything, um, they used to do these crazy movie marathons. Um, and actually, it would be kind of like a, a movie week sort of thing. Um, they did like I think they called it Monkey Madness one year where every weeknight, like, you know, Monday through Friday, they were playing like a different gorilla movie. Cool. So they yeah. were doing like fucking King Kong. Yeah. They were doing, well, they were doing King Kong, like 33 King Kong. They were doing uh, 76 King Kong was in there. Mighty Joe Young was in there. Yeah. It's not too far off from the concept of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. And um, they did it with uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Where um, a lot, a lot of times there were old nineteen fifties movies that were three D movies, and then you could go to like the sub, you know, your local Seven Eleven, and you can pick up your three D glasses. I remember that for tonight's showing of Revenge of the Nerds Revenge- Four. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they did it for Reven- <laughs> Revenge of the Creature, and I think that was wow. like one of the first times. Well, I think maybe the second time I had seen that, and watching that and being able to watch it in three D blew my little mind because you know i had known about my aunt who had mm-hmm. gone and seen jaws 3d mm-hmm. and so it's like oh cool i get to see a 3d movie on tv um well that's awesome you, you look you can't yeah. go wrong with a creature movie all three of them are great but if you want to pair jaws 3 with a great vibe i mean it's it's the same thing yeah thematically there's even there's shots so directly from pulled from this movie yeah so check it out guys revenge of the creature perfect pairing with jaws 3d Jack Arnold was a genius. Here comes another motherfucking wave. You, you, you talk about some, some, some damn waves, mother. Got a... <coughs> okay, okay. Seaweed in my teeth. That's enough. That's a mermaid pube. This time, it's personal. Fourth film's the charm. We're talking Jaws the Revenge. Instinctively, man has always been drawn to the sea. Its beauty. Its mystery. Its secrets. But there is also a vague uncertainty. A sense of intrusion into an alien world where man is unwelcome and completely at the mercy of the most terrifying predator on earth. Man's deepest fear has risen again. Jaws, the revenge. This time, it's personal. So... Who's getting revenge here? <laughs> Chris, great question. Because there's a V in revenge, and I always thought this would be the fifth movie, but they just like ran out of... Um, it, it's funny you say that because oftentimes <clears throat> this movie is mistitled by everyone. Mm-hmm. I should say every time. 
it's usually titled in literature and books or whatever in movie review guides, TV guide everywhere, Jaws colon The Revenge. Mm -hmm. The on-screen title is Jaws The Revenge. Yeah. There is no comma, there's no colon, semicolon, there's no four. Well, there's no colon because Jaws ate it. <laughs> Jaws the Revenge. Jaws the Revenge. Mm-hmm. Jaws the Revenge. Um, before we, uh, I, I, I should have pulled this up ahead of time, oh. um, but there is, uh, well, why don't you read the credits? All right, well, Jaws the Revenge. Came out in 1987. It was directed by Joseph Sargent, who was actually a television director for a long time. In, in fact, a great director. He was a great television director. Actually, he directed uh, some episodes of my beloved Star Trek: The Original Series. Also, taking of Pelham One Two Three. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. You get Robert Shaw on that one too. Um, and then, uh, written by Michael De Guzman, starring Lorraine Gary, Lance Guest, Mario Van Peebles. Karen Young, and Michael Caine. Jaws the Revenge <laughs> is infamous. It's Now, con- when you say infamous, do you mean infamous? Infamous. You're more than famous. This man, El Sharko, is not only famous, he's infamous. Ah, yes, yes, I see. Very well done, Chris. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you. Um, all right. Jaws the Revenge is considered one of the worst films of all time, and I'm here to tell you, it's fucking not. Can I say something? Yes. Uh, I think that Jaws the Revenge is one of the worst films made of all time, but it is one of the most entertaining worst films that exist out there. It is infinitely rewatchable. Hell yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I will beg to differ. We can agree to disagree on certain things, but ultimately we agree that you can watch this movie over and over again and still be highly entertained by it. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Now look, I'm not, my Jaws blinders aren't so on so hard that I'm not aware that the movie's not great. I I get it. But there are some circumstances here that are worth discussing before we just lay into the movie i think the movie was chopped to fucking bits and a lot of the um well what's the word that i'm looking for um comprehensible parts of this movie were excised which left you with a product that is choppy at best and uh would have been better served if certain things were Included for the audience. And I'm not talking about exploding sharks and the survival of Mario Van Peebles' character, which I did not know until I watched the movie recently within like the last three weeks because my three-year-old daughter is obsessed with Jaws movies. <laughs> and actually, she watched uh, she watched The Deep with me as well. Oh, wow. And she looked at it and she goes... That's the man from Jaws. Nice. <laughs> so she nice. totally recognized Robert Shaw. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, this movie has several cuts to it. I mean, there's the European cut, which I guess is the one that they're kind of pushing right now as the regular cut. And when I watched this movie uh, probably a thousand times when it was on HBO, that was not the cut that I saw. So Correct. I was right. intimately familiar with this movie until I watched it the most recent time where it was almost like watching a completely different movie. There were scenes where I'm like, 
I don't fucking remember this part in the movie. I'm envious and of you. And then when I got to the end of the movie, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm so jealous. I wish what I could experience that vibe for the first time. Yeah, that, that was... I, 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 that primes me for talking about this movie because that was a mind fuck for me. Well, let, let me just put some perspective into this here put some hair in my balls this is it's let's say it's it's 1986 um sid scheinberg is running universal universal's not doing well they haven't had a hit in a long time yeah um desperate sid scheinberg hmm. who by the way is the man who greenlit the first jaws yes okay and also uh and gave spielberg his career okay and also happened to be the husband of lorraine gary oh right the female lead in uh, that's right in well three of these movies some say spielberg really knew how to play the game by yeah. casting the studio head's wife in the film yeah um good for you dude because john hancock did not play ball yeah well by the way zanuck wanted his wife to be cast in jaws too well wasn't uh his wife um nova from planet of the apes Oh, that's right. No, I'm thinking, no, forget it. I, Scheinberg wanted Hancock to put Lorraine Gary in Jaws 2 more. That's what okay. I, all right. Anyway, look, we're not talking about Jaws 2. So Universal's desperate for a hit. Scheinberg goes, you know what? We're making Jaws 87. That was the title of the film. Jaws, Jaws 87. 87. And he... Well, Godzilla 85. That's right. You know, so. He commissioned a script by Michael de Guzman and gave it to his wife for Christmas. Um and they made the movie. They ended up wait 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 wait. Sid Scheinberg gave it to his wife for Christmas. Yeah, he was like, guess what? You're the lead of uh, the new Jaws film. Okay. Hired Joseph. I was going to make a Hanukkah joke. Uh, but anyway, yes. <laughs> Maybe it was the, yeah, one was, of the nights for yeah. Hanukkah. You're, you're right. Um, he uh, uh uh hires Joseph Sargent to to produce and direct the film, mm -hmm. and he says, "Oh, and by the way, the movie has to be out in nine months." Uh, and, and I might've been wrong. I, I, there was actually no script. Hmm. Um, that's convenient. Yeah. So Sergeant goes, okay. And he goes, I'll leave you alone. Just make the movie. Here's $25 million. Go do it. Well, that's a nice gift. Sure. But not nine months. Yeah. So that's one of the big things okay, about this so movie. Twenty of that twenty-five million is going to be what for Coke? <laughs> I don't know. And then you've got five million left over, which Michael Caine's fee is probably going to be one fifth of that. That's right. So twenty percent. You know, you've got four million left. Look, they had no time to make this movie. Yeah. All right. They, and it shows. And it that's right. So, but it's just something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. You know, they set out to make the best thing that they could make, and this is what you get. That said, it's that's not, Hollywood for you. That's though. Hollywood for you. It's not completely bereft of of exciting sequences in the film. Now, the problem is, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, right? Kind of like Josh Trank's Fantastic Four, like the seed of the the idea of the film is poisonous. Yeah, it's like it's the worst idea that you can do. Fantastic Four as a body horror, Cronenbergian body horror film. Not a good idea for a movie about superheroes from well, the 60s. Especially the Fantastic right. Four. Fly yeah. around in a space car yeah. and stretch. Um, Jaws the Revenge. A shark follows this family from Amity Island to the Bahamas to eat them. 
Yeah, but that wasn't the original idea for this movie, was it? Well, the original idea explained why the shark follows them to the Bahamas. Okay. And I should also say that the shark of this film, who is nicknamed affectionately uh, Vengeance, is the other shark that was shot out of the cloaca of the shark in Jaws 2, right? So one of those sharks wound up in Orlando. Yeah, sure. And the other shark decided to go to Amity and then go to the Bahamas. Right. Because the weather's better. Right. Okay. And it's also intolerable. It can't exist in that weather, but whatever, or in that water. But that's not the point. Okay. Um, The original concept was... Mike Brody, who is now no longer an engineer, but a even younger marine biologist. Uh, um, now married to a trash sculpt- sculptor? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> um, is working in the Bahamas. And, and um, he's studying snails. Yes, and apparently he has pissed off a local voodoo guy. Yeah. And the voodoo guy puts a curse on the Brody family, mm-hmm. and it's the shark is compelled via voodoo, which explains the psychic connection to follow the family. Now, that's cool as fuck. Is it? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Voodoo shark? Yeah. Dude, we have ghost sharks, and now we have voodoo sharks. Uh, look, I love It'd it. It'd be even better if all of a sudden, like, you know, every time the shark comes on, you don't use the Jaws theme. You use... Or what if it's just... What if it's just the Weekend at Bernie's 2 theme? Because that's the same plot. Yeah, but fucking Hendrix is way cooler. <laughs> okay, so... Jaws the Revenge is full of the dumbest shit you've ever seen. A.K.A. Voodoo Shark. But it also has some legitimately interesting things to discuss. Uh, first and foremost, 1987, and I want, I'm, uh, this is, ser- how many movies can you name that have a 50-something woman as the lead? And I'm talking action film, thriller, tentpole film. Meant to save the studio, by the way. How many movies can you think of? In 87? In any time. 50-year-old woman? 50-something-year-old woman yeah, as the lead. I mean, I would, I would probably jump to Sigourney Weaver, but she wasn't 50 at the time. Nope. So, I gotta tell you, I, I now, obviously, it's the, she's married to the head of the studio, mm-hmm. but that's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's groundbreaking. Just give it up for Jaws the Revenge just for that alone. And by the way, I think Lorraine Gary is up for the challenge. She has chops. Say what you will about the fact that Spielberg cast, you know, the studio head's wife. At least the woman can act. Yeah. She has a great moment in this movie in particular that I think is is wonderful. She So Sean Brody is killed at the beginning of the film. Now she's in. And Martin Brody is also dead. She's living in a world of grief. She follows her son to the Bahamas to try to get out of the grief where the mm-hmm. shark, of course, follows her. But there's a wonderful moment where she's on the Amity Ferry mm-hmm. and um, she's got her granddaughter and she's picking her up and swinging her around and her granddaughter's laughing and they're having a great time. And she puts her down. The mom comes and takes her and she's and Ellen Brody is laughing and laughing and she walks over to the side of the ferry and breaks down and just starts crying. Yeah. And it's like a truly wonderful that's grief comes out of nowhere like in the happiest moments it's a great 
it's a great scene. Yeah. You can see that there's a really good director working behind the scenes, but you know, the limitations of the film, the fact that the shark is you know, heavily focused, it 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 pulls it into goofball territory. And I get it. Yeah. But it's also just unfair to to say that the movie doesn't try. It's easier to poke fun, it's easier to laugh at, but there are some legitimately cool things. Okay, give us some more. Um the sequence where Mike Brody is chased by the shark through the sunken galleon. Okay. Fucking awesome. It's a great sequence. It is. He uses his tank yeah, ingeniously. Knocks, not the regulator, but actually knocks the uh, the valve off. And uses it to launch him upwards out of the water as the shark breaks through a wall. And if you slow it down, you can watch the inside of the shark's mouth explode. Yeah. It hit too hard, and you can also see the... You know the mechanical pieces. I uh, never are there. mind decompression sickness and all that kind of no, shit that sure, just gets right. in the way of the story. Well, you to, know. well, actually, to be fair, they're not that deep. They're not that deep. There, there may be one atmosphere, but you're right. It, well, still, even at thir- well thirty feet, I it's, guess it's, is I the, it's it's like, the boundary. Yeah, I think it's like twenty two feet yeah. is where they're at. But I sure. Um, anyway, very cool. Uh, people always like to cite the part that uh, Michael Caine gets pulled out of the water and he's dry. He's actually wet. Take a look. I did look at that specifically yeah. and i'm kind of like yeah no he's wet yeah. um they show the shark a lot it's awesome uh it's a say again say what you will it's a real thing and by the way that shark looks fucking scary to me yeah i know it's dumb but it looks it's scary when it just comes looming out of not the darkness but the crystal clear waters of yeah. the bahamas it's still frightening to me yeah that shark was on display at universal orlando for years that one I did see, I think. Um, and I used to have a piece of it. Oh. I thought you were going to say something like, I made love to that shark. No, maybe for Patreon I'll tell that story. I'm not going to tell it here because people listen the, for free. The the love shark thing? No, no, no. The Sure, yes, that. <laughs> About the time I fucked the shark from Jaws 4. <laughs> Anyway, look, we're, we're... I think people would be interested in hearing that story, Brandon. <laughs> well, they'll have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I we're, we're going along on Jaws 4 again, too. So I, I it there was another movie that was trying to be made, and it ended up with what we got. But I want to say, you were talking about the alternate versions. There is something in one of the alternate versions that's incredible. Okay. And it's the, there is a, the TV version has a narration at the beginning during the opening credits. Oh, yeah? A narration, and I'm going to read you the the narration, because it sounds like if the burning is like a confessional by the Weinsteins, mm-hmm. this movie is like somebody go uh, going, I guess we need to try to explain what's happening, but also, fuck it, I'm going to read you the narration of Jaws the Ranch. Right. Get to it, man. Since time immemorial, mm-hmm. events have taken place... With no evident reason for their happening, such phenomena has been man's dilemma and the subject of constant philosophical discussion. When there's no factor motivating an event, no case of cause creating effect, what triggered the action, fate, or circumstances? What you're about to see concerns such an event. Maybe you can determine whether we're dealing here with circumstances or fate. Circumcisions? I just love that it's like, maybe you can tell us what the fuck is going on. <laughs> you know, oddly enough, when you read that, I sit here and I think, 
That sounds like something right out of Daphne du Maurier's The Birds. Dude, I didn't even... You're right. You're totally right. That totally sounds like it's from The Birds. Well, it's in the opening of the TV version of Jaws the Revenge. Yeah, somebody said, well, here, we'll rip this shit off. Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, fuck it. Why is this happening? I don't know. Was voodoo things out? Oh, fuck it. Well, Jaws the Revenge definitely qualifies as an animal's amok, and I get it. It's goofy. It's borderline nonsensical, but... And it builds great houses. <laughs> <laughs> sure. If you're in the right state of mind, it's a lot... No, you don't have... It's a lot of fun. If yeah. you're going to... If you're prepared to hate it, again... And the cinematography's nice, you it know, looks honestly, good, like, dude. the Bahamas look beautiful. It looks good. It's a very well shot movie. Yeah. I mean, you, the, again, the fact that they had to shoot it and edit it, I think they only had a few weeks to edit it. Yeah. And the fact that they only, you know, and then there's the fa- also the fact that there's an open mat version of the movie that exists, yeah. which is where you can see most of the mechanicals. That's not how it was supposed to be seen. Yeah. So, again, the the tearing down of the film is because of mistakes that were made on another level, not from the creator's level, not yeah. from the artist's perspective. It's made because the people behind it failed to give a shit. Yeah. Um, Jaws of Revenge. It is possible to polish a turd, though. <laughs> it is, mm-hmm. especially if you're Mario Van Peebles. Yes. It's very easy to do. Yeah. Look, guys, Jaws 3, Jaws of Revenge, a lot of fun, but... Not as good as the first one, but in their own ways, better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's pick a movie that pairs really well with Jaws the Revenge. Okay, Brandon, let's do that. Here's where I'm going. Okay. A movie made by a nutbag. Okay. Who decides to put his wife in the film okay. as the lead. Okay. Who is irresponsible oh who is able to finance the movie because of the success of another film oh i i know i know exactly what you're talking about puts his wife in yeah 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 uh 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 irresponsibly makes a film that when you watch it is completely insane to look at you can't believe i know what you're, what you're I seeing know exactly what movie you're talking about. what is it uh indiana jones and the temple of doom <laughs> Dude, actually, uh, that's not too bad. Yeah. No, of course, I'm talking about the 1981 lost film, Roar. You are not going to kill those cats. You can tell me what you're going to do, and you can tell me what the rest of this committee is going to do. But I'll be damned if you're going to tell me what I'm going to do. That's why you have to help me. He would get killed. I can go on any property to kill animals that I deem are a danger to human life. I'm telling you there'll be no culling of cats, elephants, or any animals ever again. What are you trying to prove? That you can have lions socializing with people? No, but we can't keep exterminating. Directed by Noel Marshall, written by Noel Marshall, produced by Noel Marshall, starring Noel Marshall. And Mrs. Noel Marshall. Tippi Hedren. And... Wait, the birds? 
That's wrong. Oh my gosh, man. All the connections are just here. Also starring Tippy Hedren's <laughs> Mrs. Don Johnson. <laughs> Melanie, because they were married at the time. Melanie Griffith. Yeah. And then Noel Marshall's <laughs> two lunatic children, John and Jerry Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um look, just like all of the Jaws sequels, the production of this film is just as fascinating as the actual film itself. I would say even more so. Yeah. This movie, the making of this movie, which I think there was a documentary about the making of this movie. Um, but yes, really less of what is actually on the screen and more of what happened while they were trying to get that footage in the can is where the appeal of this movie lies, I think. The movie has an infamous tagline, no animals were harmed during the making of this film, but the crew was. <laughs> Most famously, of course, Jan de Bont, who's this is his first American uh, job as a cinematographer, mm-hmm. uh, would go on to direct uh, Speed and um, Twister. Twister was the director of photography for Die Hard, um, many other film, Basic Instinct. Um whilst making this film with real lions, tigers, and elephants, hundreds of them, he was scalped. They (laughs) ripped the skin away from his head. He went and had stitches, came back to set the next day. 220 stitches, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Came back. And the same thing happened to Melanie Griffith, too, that she, (laughs) they almost tore her ear off or something. Yeah, everybody was mauled during the making of this film. Yeah, the... I guess the uh, stats that they sort of put out is that of 140 people in the cast and crew, 70 were injured. And then, of course, there was somebody else involved in the process says, no, that's bullshit. 100 of the 140 people that worked on this movie were injured by the animals. Insane. By the way, that does explain why Jan de Bont went and directed Speed 2. Yeah. I think the scalping gave him permanent brain damage. (laughs) Cruise control. I'm sitting here defending Jaws the Revenge and shitting on Speed 2. I'm not shitting on it. You are. That's what I said. I oh, am. Oh, you are. Well, yes. Yes, you are. Okay. Um, what is Roar about? Roar, what is it about? Do you know? I mean, how do we explain uh, this? Let's see. It's a family who are concerned about habitat loss, which actually is, I guess, kind of the true story of how Noel Marshall and Tippy Hedren put this movie together, because... I, I think the the preemptus for this is that they were in Africa. She was shooting another movie, and they saw an old abandoned plantation house in like the African yeah. veldt that lions. You know, this place was abandoned, but lions had basically colonized this house. So the lions were living in the house, and so the idea kind of came that hey, we should start like trying to rescue these lions. And let them live in our house and then see what this would be as a domestic situation with a family that's adopting all these poor animals. What would happen if you had a family of humans and a family of lions and other big cats living together in one space? And let's make it a comedy. Yeah. (laughs) The thing is, is all of the jokes in the movie are completely... uh, decimated yeah. by the fact that you're sh- the animals subverted yeah, literally right by the watching these animals attack these people i mean i don't know what else to fucking tell you it is lions and tigers and elephants attacking every single man woman and child on screen and it's done as a zany 
knee slapper. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying to watch. Um, it's it's insane. Oh, and by the way, the film is called Roar, mm-hmm. and. There's one last reason why we chose this to go with Jaws the Revenge. The film is called Roar. Jaws the Revenge infamously features a shark that leaps out of the water to let out a lion's roar. Yes. All right. Just wanted to throw that one out there for you guys. Um, MGM got nothing on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Roar is insane. It's insane, to again, to watch these animals go after these people and you know it's it's i don't know that it's an exciting or a great film but but there's a great 13 minute supercut of all the fucking <laughs> animal attacks in the movie so. maybe you can watch that and that's that's it's very harrowing it's, to watch it's, it, you know yeah for a movie that's a comedy it is the most horrifying thing that i think i've ever seen it's like holy shit but it's so fascinating to see um noel marshall this guy produced The Exorcist, mm-hmm. and now he's rich and obviously insane. Or he does have real big, fat balls. Yeah, well, he would be wearing a kilt because balls like that would not fit in the pair of the tight <laughs> jeans that he wears in that fucking movie. So. It's insane. This guy runs around and is like every season he's chasing lions like you know, the lion's like eating a dude the lion is like physically sitting there sitting on top of the guy and peeling his fucking skull open like an orange and noel marshall's like hey fucking lion and he just charges the fucking lion the lion's like what the fuck and then it kind of like takes two steps back and then it rushes him noel steps back a couple steps and then runs back at the lion the lion fucking takes off and it's like dragging his giant fucking man balls behind him and by the it's, way, it's, this happens with pretty much every lion every tiger scene, in the movie. Every, every fucking scene. scene. <laughs> one of his actors, because the man starring in the movie and directing it as well. Hey, dude. Chuck's getting eaten again. Well, <laughs> fuck. He comes running into frame, <laughs> waving his arms around the screen. Hey, hey! stop eating that guy. <laughs> it's fucking outrageous. It's just as outrageous as Jaws the Revenge. It is the perfect double feature pairing of two irresponsibly made films and you will never ever in your life see a better representation of an actor and the actor in this case being tippy hedron on camera with the look on her face of what the fuck am i doing no there's here? a scene in the movie where you can tell she legitimately has decided to get a divorce <laughs> you can see it's when melanie griffith is being eaten by a ti- uh, a, a lion, a lion. Um, it's got her in its mouth. It's by her head. Yeah. And they're basically yelling to the director, Tippy and Melanie. Melanie's yelling to her stepfather. Tippy's yelling to her husband. Uh, and her husband's uh, sons. Yeah. And finally, like the sons come in to actually do something about it. But like, this is just too good a footage to miss. I got to keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. You can see Tippy Hedron go divorce that's it we're done (laughs) so if you if you're interested in this movie was a fucking bomb oh dude i mean it it took years to make cost millions of dollars maybe like 11 million dollars or something like that. work on the screenplay started like in the early 70s like right around the time that the exorcist was released right even before yeah and they were already work on the screenplay but (laughs) but both tippy hedron and noel marshall are you know working on this they start shooting in i think 76 
and it took him five years to finish to finish this movie. And even then, cast and crew were walking off set saying, "Fuck this! I'm not here to be eaten." It's insane. Yeah. And think about poor Melanie Griffith and fucking Marshall's sons, you know, John and Jerry. <laughs> Guess what? You know, it's like the family restaurant. You know, it's like when you're a kid and your family owns a restaurant, you're working in that fucking restaurant. That's exactly what it and is. And you're probably not getting paid for and it. And you're not either. happy about yeah. it. And your clothes are got, you're covered in like hamburger grease. These guys are covered in blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Roar is insane and highly, you know, look, check it out. Fucking pair it with Jaws the Revenge, and you're going to have a really fun night <laughs> of, it's of, of what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Insanity. I mean, at least Sid should, Shine. Had you know the common decency to have a fucking fake shark, you know, around his wife. Yeah, exa- <laughs> right, right. <It's> like, <laughs> not uh, Noel Marshall. No, no. nutbag. No. All the stories they tell about Friedkin on set. Uh, sorry, <laughs> they pale in comparison to this fucking lunatic. <laughs> All right, guys, that is eight films, eight an films. eight film marathon. Uh, Jawsathon, if you will. We've got. Let's go. Let's do it from the top. All right. So the original Jaws, paired with 1977's The Deep. Okay. Jaws two, paired with 1981's The Burning. Jaws 3D, paired with 1955's Revenge of the Creature. And Jaws the Revenge, paired with 1981's Insanapiece Roar. There we go. Wow, that's amazing. That's going to be a great four yeah. nights if you do it that way. Yeah. Or watch all eight in one, whatever you need to do. If you're stuck in the belly of a whale like we are, this is going to be a fun four days. Yeah. Or <laughs> Is that some ambergris floating by? What the fuck is that? You know, if we can take some of that out of here with Ooh, us, we might be that rich. shit is fucking, yeah, like they pay thousands per pound on that shit. Dude, we should get into the ambergris business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lord God, not again. I don't think that's a rush of water. Uh, Hydrochloric acid. Oh, shit. We'll be eaten alive. Again. Quick, Brandon. uh, What would Mario Van Peoples do? MVP? Uh, Oh, oh. He would use uh, some bullshit tube with wires to make some kind of bullshit shocking thing to make bullshit happen. Dude, wait, wait, wait. I got this radio transmitter right and here. And I just crapped my pants. So we've got both ingredients there. Let me just do some bullshit. Hurry, Brandon. Come on. My hush puppies are melting in this cocktail sauce. And bingo, man. An electric bullshit shock thing that doesn't make any sense, but fuck it. Why not? Punch it. It's working! Of course it is! Jake's equipment don't crap out! Speaking of crapping out... I'll take a deep breath. Smile, you son of a... (laughs) (laughs) Are we we alive? I'll shard it out of Moby's dick if we are alive do we want to be from now on let's study snails Uh, hey Uh, it looks like the sea beast sharded out the corpses of cindy and sandy from jaws 3 too 
Joss 3 2? Wow. Did we skip that one? I'll take that again. <laughs> no, I kind of like it. I think we should keep this entire bit in. Okay. <laughs> Do you think we can get in on those? I think it's worth a shot. <sighs> what day is this? Oh, it's uh, Wednesday. Oh, it's Tuesday, I think. Think the tide's with us? Keep kicking. Dude, earlier when you told the sea beast to smile right before you shocked it? <laughs> yeah. It would have been way cooler if you said, Hey, Moby, you're going to need a bigger dick. Oh, oh, that's so good! Yeah. I used to hate the water. <laughs> Can't imagine why. more Dead City Drive-In content, head over to patreon.com slash deadcitydriving to get episodes ad-free, monthly bonus episodes, and feature-length commentaries chosen by you, the Dead City Denizens. That's patreon.com slash deadcitydriving. Want to have words with the management? Email us at deadcitydrivein at gmail.com. And hey, why not rate and review Dead City Drive-In on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and splatter just the right amount of slime and sleaze onto our mutant-friendly drive-in street. Dead City Drive-In. Under 17, not admitted without parent.